Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Like, my voice is on every... My imprint's on every video we get. And you're going to be helping with the times, right? Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I will be objective. Yeah. So I'm there. The one thing that Jim Comey said, um, and I've met him, he's a great guy, actually. How'd you meet Comey? Just, like, working in the campaign? No. Um, not No one at the time says I'm going to do that. Well, Comey, you're... I thought there was. I should have refused myself. I should have, but I'm not ever telling anybody there. Yeah. That I have time with that, or else I don't know if they can keep it up. These are the most dishonest people. They've got a couple of reporters in that newspaper who are so bad. So, as the gatekeeper for like videos on the New York Times, do you get to like make sure your message is heard? Yeah. How'd you meet Comey? Godfather. He's your godfather. Really. I imprint on every video we do. Okay, well, is Comey your godfather? No. Then why did you say that? I target his businesses, like the Trump business. Mm-hmm. Target that. People say, who are you going after next? There's a lot of other media organizations that need to be exposed. Who here would like us to release undercover videos inside their holy grail, the New York Times? Fake news. When it comes to American journalism, the gold standard, the pinnacle, the holy grail is the New York Times. They say that they're completely objective. They have no political agenda, that they're the paper of record. But maybe that just isn't so. And while people have had their suspicions in this regard, there's never been any proof. We continue our American Pravda investigation with a tale that's so bizarre, a tale of deceit, a tale of political bias inside the newsroom at the New York Times. I'd like you to meet Nick Dudick. He's the gatekeeper for the Times' extensive online video content library. When we met Dudick earlier this year, he was full of stories. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 11th of October, year of our Lord, 2017, and that was Project Veritas. Right off the bat, getting into New York Times, a lot of interesting stuff in there. Literally talking to Comey, admitting they bashed Trump on purpose. Not very surprising. So I got the hiccups right when I started. Uh, good podcast today. We're going to go over the Weinstein, a great Chuck Todd interview that went totally not the way he wanted it. And a couple other articles kind of rounded out. But right off the bat, I want to thank everybody for the listenership. Just shy of 1,000 listens last week. A lot from Germany. Um Unbelievable. Almost eight, well, it was 889. The United Kingdom listened. And I'd like to shout out to Munich. And I'm going to say this wrong. Hockham am Main and Gelchen Kirchen. So for those talking in G-E-L-S-E-N-K-I-R-C-H-E-N and Hockheim am Main, and I'm 
I'm German is my heritage and I don't speak German. I'm so sorry, folks. Thanks for listening. You listened a lot this week and I really appreciate it. Um, 1,000 listens in a week ain't too shabby. So right off before we get into the close the loop and cover a couple things up, got to talk about California. SB bill, uh, bill SB 54, uh, was approved by 4925. It basically makes California a sanctuary state. So going forward, California will no longer work with the federal government to um, deport illegal immigrants. Or what I like to call illegal aliens. So I think John Gunning summed it up. And we can pay for it. Because that's what's going to come out. Federal funds will be paying for people that shouldn't even be in the country. But, you know, it is the socialist state of California. Let's close the loop. Yeah, the, I, I mean, you mentioned that the Republicans on the Hill didn't know what bump, stop, bump stocks were. I've talked to folks who, who talked to the upper levels of the uh, leadership of the NRA. They didn't know what bump stocks <laughs> yeah. were. And, and this really freaked them out. Uh, and, and the idea that you can turn these semi-automatic into automatic. But this also raises the question, if, if, and I think what, what, what Wayne LaPierre is getting at there, is if you, if you put a ban on the floor of, of these that would ban a device that turns something into an automatic weapon, then even the initial question is why not a full ban on all automatic weapons, which is not the, which is not the case. Anything made after '85 is is legal right now. So you start to it's it's a slippery slope here. And this is exactly what the NRA is worried about. This is exactly what the, how the Republican Party became an anti-gun control party. Uh, we've seen uh, and, and we've already seen Tom Massey on Twitter saying, "Hey, we have Republicans control the the Senate, the House, and the White House, and we're talking about gun control measures." Right. Even the NRA sees the ridiculousness of having something like a bump stock be legal. Even Wayne LaPierre is saying you should look at this device and it doesn't make any sense. Now, of course, this smacks of hypocrisy. The NRA knows what a bump stock is. They could have said plenty of stuff about it if they wanted to. They never have. But it is a very safe position for them, given what we just lived through. That's right. And, and look, I, it's fascinating to see not just the NRA seem to say we're open to reviewing it, but senators like John Cornyn. We've got a, a bill put up by Carlos Cabello, one of the, uh, the rising young Republican out of Miami, a bipartisan bill with Seth Moulton. So there's momentum, uh, a bipartisan momentum potentially around this gun uh, legislation, unlike anything we've seen since that, that really devastating uh, loss of gun legislation in the wake of Newtown, people have just considered this off-limits politically. But the, the volume of violent death created by this mechanism, the bump stock, uh, that is something that even Republicans and even the NRA is having to recognize. Even though the rationale, if you, if you seize on the timing, yeah. the rationale, which is primarily two things, uh, what we're hearing here is, well, Obama did it, so it gives them a little political cover. And then the larger rationale, which, again, just doesn't seem that strong to me, although it has proven effective time and again, which is the sensitivity argument. Oh, it just happened, and we care about these people, so uh -huh. we don't want to politicize it. The victims, their families, 
those are the places that come out, those are the faces that come out and say, do something about this so nobody else and deals with what we're dealing look, with. Let's, let's just cut through all the spin. That is a tactic of delay for people who don't want to deal with the ramifications of the widespread availability of semi-automatic weapons and things like bump stocks in this nation. It only happens here when people say, now's not the right time. They don't mean, fine, let's talk in 72 hours. They don't mean, let's listen to the victims and the families. They mean, this is politically difficult for me right now. Let's stall until people forget. The second second thing is, how in the world could Republicans support legislation or have any kind of unity if they can't blame it on Obama? I mean, that is so transparently hilarious that the NRA is trying to blame this on the Obama administration. But in, right now, that's the only glue holding together the Republican coalition. 58 lives stolen. Hundreds and hundreds forever changed by one evil man with a plan and a ton of weapons, including a legal device that made them fire almost like machine guns. So what do we do? Many are saying it's insensitive to discuss what to do, but that is craven political BS. Professor, I looked at the Republican platform today. We don't have to be partisan. I know you're a professor, but let me tell you, the Republican platform protects magazines. It protects AR-15s. It protects everything that's even discussed. They haven't gotten to this bump thing yet, this the thing that changes the gun into an automatic. But they clearly, when they hear something's coming their way, they put it in their platform and say, leave it alone. They are fanatics. The Republican Party, as a party, is a fanatic party on guns. Well, Chris, last I checked... Um, the Constitution and not the platform of either party was the supreme law of the land. And we know that other constitutional rights, like the right to free speech, are subject to reasonable time, place, and manner restrictions. Well, you know what the Republicans say in their platform? That the right to bear arms precedes the Constitution. It's a God-given sort of theological right. They treat this like religion, Governor. I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's a religious essential notion to them that everybody should have any kind of gun they want any a, a bazooka a tank they never put a limit on it ever and which is ridiculous and look chris i have a message to everyone out there who's a common sense person don't get fooled by this willingness to do something about bump stocks bump stocks will take care of one percent of the problem we need them to do something about assault weapons semi-automatic assault weapons, we need them to do something about the capacity of magazines, and we need universal background checks. Come on, America, you know what's right. This is the time to stand up and give them a loud and clear and deafening message. You talk about common sense solutions, Congresswoman. Is banning a bump stock enough of a common sense uh, resolution to to something like this? To be honest, handguns kill more people in this country than, than a person with a bump stock on their semi-automatic weapons. I mean, there's horrific events, but handguns are what kill people in this country on a daily basis. Congressman Be Brett Stevens, um, conservative, uh, New York Times op-ed columnist, uh, had an interesting op-ed the other day that he said uh, you, the Second Amendment should be repealed. And in it, he argued um, that the reason that, that Democrats are so unsuccessful in getting any gun legislation passed is because because nobody believes Democratic lip service when they talk about guns. They don't believe that Democrats really do value the Second Amendment. And he says if, them, if the Democrats want to get anything done, they should just go for what the Democrats, he thinks, believe, which is that the Second Amendment uh, is, is not helping this country in any way. And there should be uh, a movement to try and 
change the Constitution, repeal that amendment. It's not keeping anyone safer. Stock prices, they always go up after after a, a tragedy. 8.5% after Orlando, 10% after San Bernardino, on and on. Because that paradox I was going to reference, when we talk about gun control, mm -hmm. people immediately run out and buy more guns. And we look at, I don't know, about 10 years ago, there's probably about 3 million AR-15 style assault rifles out there. Now they're estimated 8 to 9 million They've of them in the United States. They've tripled in 10 years? Yeah, it's hard to know. There's two publicly traded companies, Sturm Ruger and American Outdoor Brands, which is used to be known as Smith & Wesson. And the, but the majority of the gun industry is controlled by a private equity firm called Cerberus. And a guy named Steven Feinberg, who is very secretive, but he's basically bought all the companies, Bushmaster, Remington, rolled them up into a company Steven, called the Freedom Steven Feinberg. The Freedom Group, and it is run by Cerberus. Tell us which about is a private tell, tell us about Steven. Steinberg, is that his name? Feinberg. 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 Yeah. Well, he's a, Feinberg. he's a reclusive guy. Apparently, he doesn't even use email. He's a multi-billionaire. Went, went to Princeton, lives in New Jersey, drives a pickup truck. Cerberus. They were best known as part of the Chrysler bailout. I mean, that, that's where your audience might remember them from. Yeah. Uh, but that's the situation. People go out and buy more guns. Just, just quickly, one quick anecdote of what we're up to. So against. let me just ask okay. you. So when children get slaughtered in Sandy Hook, stock prices go up, and Stephen, what's his name? Feinberg. Stephen Feinberg gets richer, right? Oste and so, listen, ostensibly, they're not public, so they're financial. So, and when uh, people get slaughtered going to a country music concert, then what you're telling me is that he and his company get richer. Every time Americans are slaughtered by these weapons, Stephen, what's, his, what's his name again? Stephen Feinberg. Steven, Stephen Feinberg gets richer every time Americans are slaughtered by these weapons that he makes money off of. Is that what you're saying? Uh, ostensibly, if sales go up, they're going to get a slice of that. And a huge percentage of people who rush out the door after situations like Las Vegas to buy more guns clearly don't know what we know, that the Congress will do nothing. They, they run out to buy the guns because they're afraid that someone will come and take the yeah. guns that they Listen, have. I, I'm not. I, people say you're anti-gun, pro-gun. Well, I'll say my, my father's in the NRA. I'll say this. Here's the thing. If you get six speeding tickets, you lose your driver's license. Right. But you can own 50 assault rifles. Yeah. Well, they would say because Weapons if you're speeding, you're breaking owning a gun is not breaking the law. Correct. It's a constitutional right. Correct. Yes, they will. And they have said it. And they will. All the elites that have been speaking out this past week, they all want to protect themselves. They all protect themselves with armed security. I mean, they, they criticize the NRA. You want to talk about irresponsible use of firearms? The number one person teaching irresponsible use of firearms is is all these elites employer the hollywood television gaming industry we spend millions teaching responsible use of firearms they make billions every single day john teaching irresponsible use of firearms they're so hypocritical it's unbelievable jennifer you know they didn't discriminate in Las Vegas or any place else on the basis of income. Rich people die, poor people die, middle class people die. That is just so offensive and unnecessary. Listen, um, no one, a good guy with a gun, that's always been the NRA's line, no good guy with a gun would have ended the episode in Las Vegas. The guy was 32 stores up, stories up and about a quarter of a mile away, I believe. So, listen, the NR, even the NRA accepts that you don't have the right to have an automatic weapon. So what then is the constitutional limit that says, but you are 
absolutely entitled to have a semi-automatic weapon. This is all kind of made-up mumbo-jumbo. This is the NRA. You can't have a, you can't talk too soon about it. You can't talk too late about it. You can't talk about um, a solution, as the senator said, that doesn't stop this one. They create all these ridiculous verbal defenses um, because they don't really want to talk about the fundamental issue, which is, are we at a point where certain classes of weapons simply there's no reasonable lawful use for them and we really have to begin to question why people have them why does someone need 42 weapons yeah. it's absurd yeah good point i think it was 47 come in on that 47. Uh, well, and, and something uh, i think it's an outrageous thing he said and if the elites who control congress believe all the nra propaganda they spout all the time then take down the metal detectors that protect members of Congress. Let people roam the Capitol with guns. The elites who are blocking gun control protect themselves every day, but they will not let the country protect itself with sensible gun laws. That is just outlandish what he said. Let them take down those uh, those protections they have if they're not going to protect the rest of us. Yeah, indeed. All right. Yeah, that's a long soundbite. There's a lot of gun grabbing. Uh, to pull it out, Wall Street Journal guy, nothing you said was true. CNN, Matthews, Katie Tour, who remember is supposed to be objective in our last podcast, she's calling for the repeal of the Second Amendment. Are you fucking serious, me? Serious. And Mojo bashing, Wapo bashing with Ruben, MSDNC, good, good freaking God, what is wrong with you people? Why is it okay to have the First Amendment and you, well, wait a minute, you want to change that too, but well, the Second Amendment's there, folks. You can't take it away. SNL smeared gun owners this weekend. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. The guy had 47 guns. No one owns 47 of anything. If you own 47 cats, you're not a responsible pet owner. Blah, blah, blah. Unlike with guns, the government will actually come and take your cats away because everyone agrees that's insane. How is no one keeping track of how many guns people own? There's a real law in Texas that says it's illegal to own more than six dildos. I'm sick of this narrative that Americans just love guns so much. It's not true. 78% of Americans don't even own a gun, and 3% of Americans own 50% of the gun. That's just fucking totally false. And they go down and basically dog gun owners and say they have small penises while they ignore Harvey Weinstein. Good job, guys. Matt Pierce, Sheriff Colombo, is now saying the Mandalay Bay security guard was shot before the attack on Las Vegas Vegas concert. The interesting thing, it's 10 minutes, folks. There was 10 minutes before he was shot, or the security guard was shot, and then the actual shooting started. How in the hell did nobody get notified in 10 minutes? How did the police not know he was there? Because there were police there. Pulling security. Something's up. Timeline's dorked. Uh, I, I think this subs up. It, it, this is how far the left is going. And I don't want to beat this up because we've done two podcasts beating it up. But um, I, I mean, I fucking love pizza. But if pizza violently killed 30,000 people a year, I'd be like, okay, maybe none of us should have pizza. Somebody shot a back. 610 Americans die from heart disease. Heart disease. Get cracking on the pizza band, dude. And they're just... 
everywhere. David from the biggest obstacle to gun safety, the myth of the responsible gun owner. You won't get better laws until Americans accept the truth that except for most expert people who keep arms and homes are endangering themselves. That's just fucking wrong. Then Jimmy Kimmel slashed back. Dear crazies. It's fascinating that 500 innocent people get shot and your anger is directed at me. Think about that, Stephen Miller. I agree people shouldn't be as angry at you as they are the shooter. So why are you angry at the innocent gun owners than you are the shooter? Brian Seltzer is rolling his stuff. Chuck D, Michael Ian Black, Michael Moore, they're still going. Mike Lupica. I'm not even reading it. I, I don't even want to read it. America's lousy and insane with guns. Whole article. The dude's a sports reporter. <laughs> Matt Dowd. One of the same folks who push for a travel ban, which does nothing on security, also fight against gun reform, saying it will do nothing. Tommy Laren. Well, Matt, ICE has explicitly said it places sleeper cells in refugee populations while law-abiding gun owners do not promise to murder. Got it? Then he rolled out and wouldn't pull back on the liberal talking point of more Americans who killed in Las Vegas than radical Islam. By the time he was done getting school, he he didn't really pull it back. What I should have said, to be clear, more Americans were casualties in Vegas than Americans were casualties by Islam in the last 10 years. Jay Caruso instantly just used two. Orlando, 49. San Bernardino, 14. That's more than 59. You're a fucking moron. Michael Moore and a lot of lib celebrities, the right to be free from gun violence. My rewrite of the Second Amendment. That is still going. We're still rewriting. I'm not reading this shit. They want the Constitutional Amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment. Stephen King. Florida Governor Rick Scott wants to limit opioid scripts to three days. Guns, no problem. Everywhere in the world says there's more people dying from opioids than there are guns. That was a talking point for Hillary. Where were you at, Stephen King? And then this article. Alt-left insanity. Liberals are gunning for firearm industry. Let me read for a bit. Liberals who can't win at the ballot box turn to lawyers to push their agenda, and guns are no exception. The alt-left has already always been Sioux tribe. They've got gotten worse over China, and he didn't mean Sioux as in Sioux Indians, but S-U-E. In the aftermath of Vegas, the left has turned to an old standby, gun control. Only gone is their facade about guns. Now they want to take them, ban them, or sue to shut the companies down. Only four years ago, the Washington Post was introducing us to the most pro-gun Democrats and anti-gun Republicans. This year, it was a rolling stone, of all places, teaching readers about the confessions of a liberal gun lover. The alt-lefty outlet claimed it's not just libertarians and conservatives who are ready to defend the Second Amendment with a finger on the trigger. By 2016, that was all in the trash heap of history. Vox railed the gun banner with this. Democrats aren't afraid of gun control anymore. The Democrats ran on a Second Amendment platform and, heck, anti-first as well. The party promised to revoke the dangerous legal immunity protections gun makers and sellers now enjoy. I'm not reading the rest because now it's full-fledged confiscate. Need an example? WAPO, Eugene Robinson, Australian gun confiscation program should be U.S. model. In here... One reason it's non-debate is that we 
debate what specific piece of legislation could have stopped this incident, and you can never put your finger on it. And therefore, you can't talk about any piece of legislation. We're just going to take it all. This week, there was a faux, wrong, false Texas tech shooting. Texas Democrats were tweeting all over the place. Need to take guns, need to take guns. It wasn't even true. Somebody saw somebody with a gun. Concealed permits legal. He was authorized. Dana Loesch pretty much summed it up. Celebs, disarm your security, otherwise you're not being more virtuous. You just lack the courage of your own convictions. And you're saying to me, lefties, oh, Tony, you're trumping this up. It isn't that much. Nancy Pelosi, when asked, what do you have to say to those who say if you take the bump stocks, it's a slippery slope. She says, I hope it is. They think they can win on just taking guns. They want to take your guns. They don't believe you should have guns. Because remember, anybody who doesn't vote for their agenda is a deplorable, un-American, horrible citizen at all. Fact remains saying Second Amendment's there, folks. There was a re- it was put there for a reason. Now the reason is less, let's overthrow our government, and it's more to defend ourselves. If the left has its way, that's the last thing I want to say, I'm going to move on. The left has its way, we won't have a police force with guns, nor will we have guns. And when the illegal immigration turns over in California and spreads across the country, sleeper cells... Bad people that couldn't make it in their own country, running from the law, etc., etc. Not all of them, but that percentage, yeah, we're going to be in the fucking hurt locker. The White House reignites the debate over the national anthem. Vice President Pence sparking a firestorm. Was it a political stunt? Again, they are reigniting this debate over the national anthem. But it wasn't an impromptu protest. An aide says Pence planned to leave all along if players took a knee. 49ers player Eric Reed calls Pence's actions a PR stunt. One Democratic congressman saying after all the scandals involving unnecessarily expensive travel by cabinet secretaries, how much taxpayer money was wasted on this stunt? The White House also involved in a new controversy over those player protests at NFL games. The vice president, Mike Pence, added more fuel to the fire when he walked out of the Colts 49ers game. This is the latest chapter in a divisive national debate, but it certainly escalates things. Critics pounced. Democrat Adam Schiff tweeting after all the scandals involving unnecessarily expensive travel by cabinet secretaries, how much taxpayer money was wasted on this stunt. 49er Eric Reed among those kneeling, later calling Pence's walkout a PR stunt. This is what systemic oppression looks like. Tonight, the vice president reigniting the fury over the flag. Flying to Indianapolis from Las Vegas, Vice President Mike Pence stood with hand over heart as the national anthem was played before today's Colts San Francisco 49ers game. On the field, several 49ers players took a knee, and with that, Pence abruptly left the stadium back to the airport and flew back to the West Coast. 
And tonight, one Democrat, California Congressman Adam Schiff, questioning the vice president's travel all the way from Vegas to Indianapolis, only to leave that game early. Schiff saying how much in taxpayer money was wasted on this stunt. When the anthem played, more than a dozen players took a knee. Pence stood with his hand over his heart and left as soon as the star-spangled banner ended. It makes no sense to me. It is ridiculous what he did. It just doesn't make sense. He doesn't have any reason to do that. The vice president tweeted moments later, I will not dignify any event that disrespects our soldiers, our flag, or our national anthem. The protest, a divisive issue for millions of Americans, have created political momentum for the Trump administration, which has been using the controversy to woo donors for weeks. A question for some, whether today's walkout was planned. The president afterward tweeting, I asked VP Pence to leave stadium if any players kneeled. I think that sending the vice president to the game was a pre-planned stunt, but I think Americans don't like stunts. Pence's next stop after the game, a fundraiser in California. I wonder in Indianapolis yesterday if there was a mom who was in labor who needed to get to oh, the hospital it's like Bridgegate. because the roads were closed for the VP's motorcade, or if there was a police officer who couldn't respond to 9-11 as quickly, or if there were ambulances tied up. When you just step back from it, the, the abusiveness the abuse of power, right, of, yes. of, of power that's what it's about. It's not about the first by the way, Donald and by, Trump, and by the way, Donald Trump story. in private right. and in public right. loved right. talking about Chris and, Christie and Bridgegate, loved talking about it. This Alex makes to, uh, shutting down yes. a lane at the George Washington Check Bridge nine, pale in comparison calls. because the Secret Service were involved. There, the, the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars were This is so much worse than Bridgegate, and, and Donald Trump would talk to anybody about Bridgegate that would listen. And not, and not for nothing. You want to talk about disrespecting the flag? This is somebody who stood in silence when his running mate, Donald Trump, attacked a Gold Star father yes. and mother yep. and attacked prisoners of war, who include my former boss, uh, Captain John McCain, U.S. Navy, retired, uh, winner of the Distinguished Service Cross and three awards of the Bronze Star and one of the Silver Star, and Colonel Bud Day, recipient of the Medal of Honor, real heroes. Yeah. Doesn't say a word. So he can spare us the sanctimony and the lectures and the hypocrisy here with his outrageous, profligate abuse of my tax dollars and all of yours. And again, the, again, the safety of the people of Indianapolis, I, I mean, that's a very good question. Who, who, who was delayed from getting to the hospital or who was delayed from doing their job? Maybe just to going to the ship. Uh, who was late to, to maybe the first a job fire. that they had? They probably might have gotten fired because, I mean, we don't know. Who missed a job interview? Yeah. Exactly. Over the week. To the NFL anthem protest. Yes, lefties. That was a stunt. Politicians do stunt. S Obama doggone does it all the time. He stunted doggone amazing grace. Like he was some soul singer. He stunted dropping the G in front of African American crowds and trying to be more like the people. When he talked more proper than I did. So they just lost it. All right. ABC, NBC, Morning Joan, Michael Wilbon 
literally now is calling Jerry Jones a slave owner because the tide is turning against him. The Dolphins aren't doing it. This morning on Mike and Mike, with black pundits, they literally stated it's hurting the league with advertisers and viewership. You know Greenberg didn't want to say that. He's a lefty. So now, as we'll see, Goodell sent letters pretty much telling them everybody should stand. They're going to apply the rule book, except it's going to have penalties. Because the owners are losing money, and it's a money about game. Or it's a game about money. There we go. Let's say that in English. It's a game about money. It's not about winning, losing. It's about money. Articles are getting so bad on the left, California's breakup with the NFL. And it's from a liberal source. And it pretty much says, yeah, their attendance is horrible because they don't associate with the league because of lefty reasons. But if that's the case... Here's a headline. Freshman quarterback dismissed from team after kneeling during anthem. It's happening in college, and they're getting dismissed from programs. Let's get the third one. But the media is not going to buck on it. A literal Ed Hall. Look up Ed Hall. He's saying 50-50% on conservative heads are definitely exploding. About a cartoon he did, Mike Pence taking a knee, looking like he's sucking the president's penis. Now, a moment of sanity for a second. There is no fucking way in hell that would fly under Obama. Biden on a knee sucking Obama's kink. You think that would have flown? How dare you insult the office of the presidency? We're so far down the road on that, we, we just insult the office of the presidency every fucking day in the media. Nobody really cares. In fact, today, and we'll cover the next podcast, Eminem, a guy who's called people faggots... Bitches, hoes, I'm going to fuck them bitches, which would be called sexism. He did anti-Trump once, saying Trump, he cursed out Trump supporters. Everybody on MSDNC and CNN are retweeting it like it's an epic statement now. People who said he was a fucking racist two years ago are now saying he's a god myth legend. So we're down with it. But when I really go down and read it, and I'm not going to read these because it's just kind of a waste of time. It pretty much says, this is homophobic. This is wrong. I'll read one. Problematic. We get it. Y'all hate 45. But there are other ways to express it without using homosexuality as a punchline to describe ass-kissing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ari Fleischer, bias in action. Pence walked out and stunt. Players taking a knee is genuine. The MSM really doesn't get it. And he's right. But they were going with the angles. The angles were, he's infringing on for free speech. It costs $250,000 for Air Force Two. Blah, blah, blah. Online, he was called, because you already heard the air... Fragile stooge, cauliflower, while the national anthem demonstrations have been intended to protest police violence, which disproportionately affects black Americans. Pence has said there is too much of this talk of institutional bias, racism, and law enforcement. Donald Trump was probably feeling cranky that his VP was getting more attention than him, claims that actually this was his idea, and he told Pence, blah, blah, blah. So that wasn't even Trump's idea. But, 
The facts are the facts, folks. Support for NFL and free fall, league and players union forge on its radical radical activism. Before the disrespecting kneeling, before the black power salutes, the NFL and its player unions were actively attacking America and our values. Above the surface of playing for all to see, players are disrespecting the flag and our veterans. Below the surface are the association with George Soros, Planned Parenthood, and other radical organizations. Remember, BLM's financed by Soros. It's no wonder an NFL's image is dropping like a rock. A quarter of the way through the season, television ratings are down. Many are boycotting the league, and it's now the least popular of the major sports leagues. Second vote, the conservative watchdog for corporate activism reports, a prominent anti-Trump resistance organization, and several other leftist groups received direct donations from the National Football Player Association. Additionally, second vote illustrates the NFPLA financial support to the Center for Community Change Action, which according to Washington Free Beacon, has been involved in direct action against President Donald Trump and Republicans before and after the November elections. Second vote found the NFPLA is... Donating to the center's work. And remember, NFL's a non-profit. The teams make money, but the actual institution doesn't. George Soros. That's where all this is coming from. Anybody's done research on George Soros. It's not like Koch brothers. Koch brothers finance to get their political stuff and to help their businesses. So does Pepsi. So does Google. So does fucking Apple. Everybody does. It's called Lamian, dumbass. George Soros divides countries to get political parties in so he has more power. Remember, Europe doesn't like Soros because Europe isn't fucking stupid like American liberals. Pierce Morgan, millions of Americans kneel in church. Took the joy and read. No fucking shit. John Gabriel, Sharpton's boycotting ESPN for suspending Jamel Hill. Who boycotted ESPN ads because Jerry Jones is boycotting players who are boycotting the National Anthem. Which made me go over and find out she broke it again and talked shit. So Jamel Hill has been suspended from ESPN for breaking their social media policy. ESPN statement on Jamel Hill. Not going to read it. She was previously told to shut the fuck up. She couldn't do it. People are asking, how many times did you get suspended before you fired them? ESPN must love social justice commentary, but you start messing with Jerry Jones, the Cowboys, and the Shield. Shit's going to get real. Sean King, Al Sharpton, all now went this route. Jamel Hill was basically suspended for being black. And thoughtful while at ESPN, her suspension is completely outrageous. Yeah, because she was black. She was fucking hired because she was black. She was given a show to try to incite black viewership amongst uh, millennials. So how could she be hired because she's black and then fired because she... Shut the fuck up. Anyway, American sports have always existed in the intersection of race and politics. This is true now more than ever. Everything Jamel tweeted over the past 20, 48 hours were talked about in black living rooms, barbershops, and beauty salons all weekend. Fundamentally, it truly seems that ESPN is so disconnected from black experience that when Jamel tweets reflect it, they are bothered. ESPN is cowing to Trump. Pathetic came Brian Fallon. And by the end of the day, they were all calling for now a liberal boycott. Boycott the Dallas Cowboys. Boycott the NFL from the left. Reverend Sharpman, ESPN special Jamel Hill is not outraged, should not go unanswered. ESPN advertisers will hear from us. 
So now ESPN, who's getting bashed from the right, is going to get bashed from the left. Let's see what they do first. I will bet you, as sure as I'm a fat ball guy, uh, she'll be back on the clock, most Ricky Tick. Because they didn't give a fuck about the conservative. They kept telling them not to stick to politics until it totally got ugly. Stephen Miller, yeah, that kind of what got her suspended. But do you do you is what he said. <laughs> Somebody said popcorn time. Simultaneously, while all this is going on, you all know about the Dolphins coat. Coach Snorton. But I just wanted to cover it really quick before we move on to Russia versus Russia and Russia, Russia, Russia and periods of Russia. You know, folks, uh, it's happening. And the reason why it's happening and the NFL is relenting is that it's gone down 18% every Monday night football, 18% every Thursday night football. And that's not year on year. It's week on week. It's tanking. I looked at my direct TV and I saved it for this podcast. The Packer Cowboy game wasn't even the number one thing in the Central Zone. That's never happened that I can remember. Direct TV has an active switch. It wasn't the number one show. They didn't have a choice. And it's getting so stupid that I listened to Dan Lebatod and Stugatz. And the lady who turned in the video for the idiot snorting crack off her ass or cocaine off her ass, she did it because he was white and he got paid a bunch of money and black guys can't take knees. And really because he was married and he lied to her, so she got a lover's quarrel. So that just shows how much of a moron this guy is. But she thinks she's a social justice warrior. So I just think it's a really keen point to once again point out every time, every time the left takes it too far, they get smacked in the dick. And this is happening right now. You took it too far. Because you, you failed to realize the majority of Americans respect the flag, their country, soldiers, and guess what, moon fruit bats? They respect law enforcement who guard the wall while they're fucking sleeping. It's like, you know, it's like Game of Thrones, you dumbass. They're wearing the black. And they're on the wall protecting the realm. And you're idiots. Russia, Russia, Russia. You've heard a lot of stuff about Russia this week. And now we're going back from originally story broke, last of the day. Most of the Russian bots were actually targeting Michigan and uh, or targeting pro-Hillary, and then they found a couple that were targeting Michigan and Wisconsin, and they said, oh, there it is again, Russia collusion, woo Well, here's the reality. Facebook execs have donated to lawmakers on Congressional Intel Committee this year. Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook, was giving money. Money. Yeah, Money. It's fucking fantastic. So when, when you hear the Russia, 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 just go and suck it up. And, and I miss one thing. Uh, Puffy Combs going to try, try to start a black football league. And, and I don't want to sound racist, but um, it's already black. So I, I don't know how much more black you could get when it's 76% African American. Seriously? How much more black do you need sports? 
basketball's 80-some-odd percent. African-Americans are getting paid well, which is one of my arguments about how our country isn't as racist as you say, because all these millionaires rolling around taking a knee, getting pissed, are black. But you do you. I was going to play a soundbite. I want you to go over and go to Vox and... They've done a video, groups like Antifa only make up a small part of the protests they attend. So why do they dominate the media coverage? And this is a 20-minute video basically saying Antifa are the good guys. And I'm going to break it down for just the best soundbite I can get next podcast. But I didn't have time to break the thing down. It is just unbelievable. It, it, it you You see the left... Literally loves anybody that hates America. To our tweets of the day, Hillary Clinton hung out with Jimmy Fallon and he did his stu- silly freaking thank you notes, which have gotten kind of stuting, stupid, including Miley Cyrus women eye roll, as we need another reason not to watch Jimmy Fallon. And of course, in the grand tradition of conservative Twitter, conservatives create their own notes for Hillary. Hashtag Hillary thank you notes. Mo. Used to be Momo. Dear Hillary, thank you for dodging sniper fire in Bosnia so you could lose a presidency to a reality show host. (laughs) Federalist Musket goes by Patriot Musket. Thank you, Hillary Clinton, for always having a bottle of Tabasco in your purse just in case. Of course, that was just pandering. Rusty Shackelford, thank you for trying to take Bill out of that dating pool. Wish you'd been more successful. Indigenous Firebrand, thanks for proving that political career is possible even after Pagazi and the homebrew server. Thank you for the number of one bestseller on Amazon, and that's it. Lizzie Lou Who for losing the election because Keith Oberman, causing Keith Oberman to have a daily mental breakdown. Tom tweeted, thank you for this very useful gift of her doing the O. That's so silly. Mo did another one. Thank you for sharing your walking pneumonia and did the gif of her falling at the 9-11 ceremony. Pepper Frog, thank you for standing up for your husband against all those horrible women accusing him of sexual assault, which we'll hit in our Weinstein section. Alan Ray, thank you, Hillary, for showing us how far an entitled attitude will take you in an election. <laughs> J.R. Homestead. Military guy, thank you for going solo. People had to get high to vote for you, which is very good. And Mall of America tweeted too. His first one, thank you, Hillary, for diving on that grenade before it could hurt any of the flight crew. He then tweeted the second one because he forgot the picture, and it's her falling on Air Force One. And it's our tweet of the day. Hey, 
tweet of the day! To our hate tweets. Oh, a lot of hate in the world. Most everything we're doing is hate. Birth control change. Olivia Wilde, Carrie Washington, Chelsea Handler, Kate Burlett, Chelsea Handler again with a Viagra picture. James Vanderbeek, Bridget Moynihan, Sarah Bajellas, George Sakaki, John Fuselag. I'll just read his, because they're all the same. Dear anti-birth control Christians, when God said be fruitful and multiply, there were two people, now seven billion, mission accomplished. It was either that, or all you people are in my vagina. And that has nothing to do with it. The fact of the matter is, we're giving $500 million a year to Planned Parenthood. There's your free fucking birth control. This had nothing to do with not providing birth control under health coverage. It had to do with making people provide it when it's against their religious beliefs. See, unbeknownst to you feminist resistance members and most of our media, not everybody's a Muslim. I'm very sorry for that. I know that's a religion you love. Even though they'll chop your fucking head off just as quick as they'll chop mine if they're extremist. Part of ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Taliban, or any other myriad of fucking Boko Haram. The fact of the matter is, a lot of religions aren't for it. And what Obama did was against the Constitution. Thus, it didn't last. It didn't last. You can't force people against their religion. It goes against everything we are as America. Then the Columbus Day shit started. A lot of people, indigenous people, all the stupid, all of a sudden Columbus is the biggest pastor in the world. The majority of us didn't even know who the fuck Columbus was. It was just a day out of school. So what else? But Sean Spicer account, which is fake, just got the left crazy. Oh my God. Ugh. Is fucking horrible. His first one. So I guess now Harvey Weinstein can officially run for office as a Democrat. Pretty sure he'd run as a Republican, sort of like your boss. Review track record of your last boss. Sure, asshole. And he did this all with under the Columbus Day hashtag, and it got everybody fucking pissed off. Another one, Sean Spicer, everyone literally adding to the toxic political environment with lighter fluid. Leave the comedy to the professionals. This fake account's been out for a year, and these people are so hateful looking for somebody to yell at because Hillary didn't win. They're still attacking him. Oh, God. Then there was this nugget for Chelsea Handler. Oh, right. Okay, so it's The Handmaid's Tale. Okay, thank you for letting us know. Get ready for men to see what a war really looks like, because I guess she finally binge-watched it and put it out with the birth control. Road beard. I'm sure you know what war really looks like. Is that like when the line at the liquor store is long and your assistant is late with your wine? <laughs> <laughs> ben Shapiro then got into the Columbus Day fun. Columbus Days were celebrating. Despite some awful wrongs, Western civilization cultivates cultivation of the Americas is a great historical good. The left lost it. Damn, dude. I agree with you with some things, but not everything. But this is some bullshit. You know it. Mike Levy, we had the 4th of July Thanksgiving and the various military holidays to do that historical good. Those goddamn military holidays. What fucking holiday are you talking about, dickhead? We got Veterans Day, that's it. 
Most countries got a fuck ton of damn celebrating for their veterans. You liberals fucking hate us. Alan He, Pruitt in Kentucky. Tomorrow is Washington, D.C. I'll be signing a proposed rule to withdraw the so-called clean power plan of the past. Alyssa Milano. Lost her mind. It's cool because we have other planets to move to. EPA announced repeal a major carbon emission rule. Do you honestly believe the rule set down by single POTUS, the difference between OAOK and the end of the world? Lauren Duca then went crazy on it too. That the whole planet's just going to blow the fuck up. And right underneath it, I found instead of abortion or birth control access, the GOP would prefer that all babies be carried to term than gunned down with assault rifles. She blocked a Weijan Ekoche. It's over the top, but at least I see a pro-abortion person finally admits that the unborn are babies to be carried to term. Because she did that, the whole left attacked her because she made fucking Lord Duca call the fetus the clump of cells a baby. You see the intersectionality? It's like they're doing abortion, Columbus Day, fucking EPA. Just never stop. Alicia Ray, of all the fake hoaxes I've seen, this is the fakest. This, this, this one just fucking cracked me up. This letter was anonymously sent by a parent to the daycare center I work at. It's hard to believe people like this actually exist. I am writing this as a concerned parent and friend. So most of us notice you have a black girl working for the daycare. Our problem is she's too dark. Most of the kids are scared of her. I am only telling you this because some of you are planning to pull our kids from the daycare. She's an eyesore. I see you're trying to touch all of the nationalities. Maybe hire a light-skinned black. She would blend more and not look like a nanny. She's not the first thing a child nor the parents want to see soon they walk in the daycare. So the choice is yours. Choose wisely. Remember, we the parents pay your mortgage. I hope you make aware she was wanted. P.S. I'm an African-American. That went all over the place. Most of the people never noticed that it wasn't a white person. But, you know, we got white Latinos. So, fuck it. What's the point? Kate Berlin. Can't believe we stood, still have to scream this. Forced motherhood is female enslavement. Birth control and abortion on demand. And without apology. Heidi Marksberg, can't believe you aren't more responsible yourself and need a government to legislate. And then somebody, and I cut off their name, did my reply. You got Planned Parenthood, 500 million. Maybe they won't have to do a million abortions if they'd hand out more birth control. And I responded with, I love you, and I didn't get their fucking name. Josh Krushar. Twitter's been accused of silencing conservative voices in favor of the leftist ones for a while now. This isn't going to disabuse anyone of that notion. Here is the soundbite they banned. I'm 100% pro-life. I fought Planned Parenthood and we stopped the sale of baby body parts. Thank God. You know, I've had actually liberals say that my liberal bias is just a guy, my liberal media bias is just a tinfoil hat. It isn't real. But because she said that and did a anti-choice video, Twitter blocked it because she talked about fetal tissue under their term of service. 
Twitter representative told the candidate vendor on Monday that the statement was deemed as inflammatory that is likely to evoke, evoke a strong negative reaction. Yet Cecil Richards can get on and do videos all the time lying about how we're going to take away everybody's ovaries. Anybody conservatives coming after your ovaries, you're just going to be stuck in a cocoon and be forever pregnant. So all of you out there that say there is no bias on social media, shut the fuck up. ISIS can post heads on pikes. You can't talk about fetal tissue. Stopping Planned Parenthood from selling baby body parts is somehow evil. Without a bumper, we're going to go into our hypocrisy, and we got some hypocrisy. Uh, well, I'm gay. You have to leave. So are you, are you denying a service? I am, yeah. So why why aren't we allowed to stay? Because this is offensive to me. I own the place. Was it? Was it I have a right story? to be yeah. offended. Yeah. So I have a right to say. Did anyone buy right. anything in the store? I didn't. I don't know. So where does that come from? That came from outside the store. Right? Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a so. lot of us in the city. I didn't leave so. anything. So something you found on public property. I saw yeah, you that, just, that, you that we right. So shut, shut up. You just admitted that it yeah. being you. Right. Yeah. So, so shut up. What about so a defense? Shut up. Okay. There's nothing else you can say. So so we're not welcome I here. I do not want these you, people in this place. So you're not willing this to tolerate our presence. Extremely offensive. Can you right. tolerate my presence? We are. Right. right. We're actually really? in your coffee shop. Really? Okay, if I go get my boyfriend right now and fuck him in the ass right here, you're going to tolerate that? That would be your choice. Are you going to tolerate it? Is your choice? Answer my fucking question. No, you're going to sit right here and fucking watch it. Well, then I don't have to fucking tolerate this. Well, that's true. I mean, you then leave it. all of them. Tell all your fucking friends don't fucking come here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like ass. I'm not going to be saved by anything. I fuck Christ in the ass. Okay. He's hot. You would be burned. Okay, great. It's not a joke. Good. I'm glad. We'll pay for you guys. Uh, no. It's there's Yes, my friends, that was a gay baker kicking out Christians who were doing nothing but drinking a cup of coffee in Seattle. They were outside handing out flyers, and he didn't like the literature, so he kicked them out of his establishment. Surprisingly, Seattle did nothing about it. That's just perfect hypocrisy. If you don't bake a gay cake or gay pizza or do all the gay shit, if you fly an American flag and not a gay flag, you're a fucking piece of shit. But they can do it. And there's no recourse. Utter hypocrisy. Washington Post, perspective. Conservatives are the real campus thought police 
squashing academic freedom. Not even reading it. I just wanted to read the headline because Alex Griswold summed up what I thought about this article. <laughs> really? Really? You really believe that? Okay. Katie Pavlish, under the UW Badger's own policy, this is sexual harassment. But hey, because I'm a conservative woman, they're trying to stop her from lecturing. Inane leftist plan penis art fest to protest Katie Pavlich's lecture at the University of Wisconsin. It's very interesting that we're about to do a huge segment on somebody jacking off in front of people that got up and said, I'm a nasty woman. But, you know, whatever. Rachel Maddow. This just kind of lives right in my wheelhouse. When I read this, I got ting- I got goosebumps. It was like the perfect intersection of what I call media hypocrisy, media bias, media everything. Rachel Maddow praises favorite Republican, Nicole Wallace. This country is still bewildered today by the transformation of the swaggering but stalwart conservative GOP of the Bush-Cheney era. In less than a decade, it's brain-cursing, handsy, brazen, corrupt, know-nothing-ism we're living through now. Nicole's a deep red Republican, a loyal conservative, but she's a patriot first, second, and third. And she's her favorite. (laughs) Okay. Then the guy for our second segment this morning or this evening, Chuck Todd says, and this is a New York Times headline. This is the third time they published him this month. The third time. Chuck Todd thinks it's important to stay neutral. That's the headline. Neutral. So if neutrality is important, why does your wife run a direct mail business that took a million dollars of Bernie Sanders' campaign? It's actually what somebody said, which I fucking loved it. Um what he said was, a good deal, let me get to the questions. My biggest change is that I feel the need to reinforce the wall between the news media and the politicians. The wall has always been there, but sometimes there have been too many holes in it. One legitimate criticism of the political press over the last two decades has been the appearance of coziness between people in the media and political elite. It's a lot easier for me, say, as a sports fan, to accept a personal fandom, whereas in politics, I'm not going to tell anybody who I vote for, not even my kids, who ask me all the time, because their friends ask them. The interviewer, okay, but you did vote for someone. You have opinions. Is that the same as being biased? No. I don't advocate. That's the big difference. Now, that said, we're all human beings. We're born with original bias, but our very nature, we're subjective. It's not as if you can eradicate bias out of everything, but it's all about fairness. That article is considered fantastic in the media the reality is he can blow a whistle. He can, he can fucking do all the articles he wants. His wife threw a birthday party for Jennifer Palmieri. His roots as, as a DNC staffer. Then he became a journalist. That's all you need to know. That would be like me saying, I'm not conservative. I never say it. I say I'm an independent conservative. I don't like the GOP. But I'm conservative. Jesus Christ. Liberal pundit, unpopular Trump could be reelected since character assassination is a GOP specialty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said it. And to our media mash. During this week, 
I didn't cover it. It was last week where the Secretary of State had to come out and refute an NBC article that was based on lies that he called him a moron and he was going to resign and he hated Trump and none of that was true. And they enjoyed the turmoil. So we're going to start that. Then we're going to go into Chuck Todd brings on an ex-con to bash the freaking GOP. Morning Joe contradicts facts and bashes Trump on collusion, even though their own network is not reporting what they're saying. View says scandal has escaped from the stain of our country. Okay. Mojo's back again with GOP to be blamed for a nuclear holocaust now because of tough talk. And we close with CM at CNN with the old standby on CNN. Everybody who voted for Trump, everybody who doesn't love Hillary, you're racist. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson takes on an NBC News report that he referred to the president as a moron. This morning, the latest on the State Department in turmoil. The president's national security cabinet in turmoil today over our report of a toxic relationship between the White House and the Secretary of State. This morning, the president and his Secretary of State trying to contain the fallout from an exclusive NBC News report about a widening rift between them. But despite all the denials, many sources in both camps say that this is a relationship beyond repair. And in fact, that the only reason the president is not firing Secretary Tillerson is that he has already gotten rid of so many people in his cabinet and top White House staff that he can't afford more political damage. Charlie, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you. All right. Congrats on the book. Thank you. But it's a, you know, it's a tough it's a tough thing to say you were part of this problem. And there are some people that are going to watch this as conservatives and yeah. say, there was, this wasn't a problem. You've sold out. So explain what you mean when the right lost its mind and how it began. Well, you know, this is why I wrote the book, because I'm trying to figure out what just happened to us. You know, how, how did we go from, you know, the party of Ronald Reagan to Donald Trump? You know, how did, how did we go from William F. Buckley Jr. to Sean Hannity? What, what happened here? Um, was, was this a hostile takeover? Was this a black swan event? Was this an otherwise healthy party that was, uh, that was, uh, was seized upon by, by Donald Trump? Or was it a pre-existing condition? And so those are the tough questions. And, you know, the, the losing its mind... You know, really chronicles, you know, how conservatives had really outsourced much of their thought leadership to crazy town, um, the attack on the conservative intellectual tradition, and then asking, you know, what did we miss? What did we do? Did we contribute to this? Well, uh, what did, what did you uh, come to? Do you believe you, you said you think yeah. you contributed to it? What are some ways you did? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in part, and I think everybody needs to engage in this kind of introspection. I, th I think I certainly contributed to the uh, growing tribalization of American politics, the, the creation of alternative reality media silos. We're also learning more about Russia's use of Facebook to interfere in the election. It turns out about a quarter of the 3,400 ads linked to Russia targeted specific states, including traditionally Democratic strongholds like Wisconsin and Michigan that ended up, of course, flipping for Donald Trump, as well as the battleground states of Florida and Ohio. The Russians also targeted states with high-profile incidents of violence between police and African-American states like Missouri, Maryland, New York, and Ohio. Ads were also 
planted in solidly red states like Texas, Alabama and Mississippi. Last month, Facebook revealed that groups linked to Russia spent $100,000 on election ads. Both Facebook and Twitter have agreed to testify now before the Senate Intelligence Committee investigating Moscow's election interference. You know, just looking at the states that they chose, either somebody in the Russian side or they had links with somebody here was giving them a pretty good take on how to use their money. A pretty good take on how to use their money. And also, if you look at the content of the advertisements, right. at least some of them that you've seen out there already, it's, it's also somebody that's pretty darn aware mm -hmm. of, of, of how to target, uh, what, what bells to ring. Uh, it certainly looks like uh, they, they had the help of Americans who, who might know how to uh, campaign and, and how to win elections. And Natasha, let's talk about these Facebook ads. Of course, we haven't actually seen them yet, but the states that they were targeting, I mean, maybe they should have told Hillary Clinton that they needed to target Michigan and Wisconsin a bit more closely, that they clearly thought these were swing states. What does, what, you look at that map, what, and, the, and the issues that were raised in some of those ads, the divisive political issues, what does it tell you about the sophistication of the people behind the ads? So my experts that I've spoken to have told me that it would be inaccurate to say that it would require a really high degree of sophistication by the Russians to figure out which states were swing states and which, which states to target. Um, this is information that's readily available on the internet. They understand, moreover, what kinds of topics and issues in the United States are incredibly divisive, um, issues like race and immigration. That being said, it is notable that they knew to target you know, swing states and voters, for that matter, that would have been particularly vulnerable to, to falling for this fake news, propaganda, etc. But when the first show started, the political storyline seemed a little crazy, but now not as much. Yeah. Do you think the state of our country will have an impact on the storylines for this last season? Well, we, we are not a ripped from the headlines show. That's mm -hmm. not really how we do things. But it does. I mean, it, it is very meaningful that in Scandal, in the world of Scandal, we have the first female president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And... Um, an escape, a world that a lot of people want to escape to, and, and it's it's a privilege. It's a world that we're yeah. privileged to live in on our show. Too bad we um, couldn't live in the reality. Shonda. Well, I, I think it also depends on how weak they see the president. Uh, if, if they may well be emboldened if they see his uh, support continuing to slip away, and as as the support has slipped slightly, you've seen his rhetoric, you know, go farther and farther to, to the extreme to embrace a base that includes David Duke and white supremacists and the Nazi party. Well, he's not embracing No, them. no, no. They're, that's the group. He's not embracing them, but that's what's left in that group. There are a lot of people in the group that belong to those particular... Yeah, but uh, that's just a small group. Well, I think base. you're finding that it's, it's everything that the president does, those tweets are all about, first of all, he's going to defend what he's going to and he's going to deny then he's going to deflect and then he's going to disrupt or divide and that's part of part and parcel of what all those tweets do and corker coming at him just shows that there are people who are beginning to what everybody said privately for the last six or seven months is now being said publicly leaving those people who are of sound mind and sound body who have been for the president slowly walking away so we're at a dangerous hour in the world, and I do think that there is a real lack of imagination in this country for the magnitude of the type of tragedy we could have with this reckless and irresponsible president. And it is past time uh, for members of the United States Senate 
particularly in the Republican Party, who know what's going on, to speak out directly about it, to communicate truthfully to the American people. They didn't take an oath to the Republican Party. They didn't take an oath to Donald Trump. They took an oath to the Constitution of the United States. And Joe, isn't there a false sense of security that they have this team of McMaster and Mattis and Kelly that can somehow contain him? Hasn't it been proven time and time again that that's impossible, that he will do whatever he wants, he will be yep. as unpredictable as he wants, and if he wants to be a little crazy, he'll be that too. Well, Corker has made that very clear that this guy cannot be contained. As I, as I said earlier today, when there's a nuclear incident and a million people in seattle or los angeles or san francisco die or all the dependents in south korea a hundred thousand americans are slaughtered in you know a day's worth of fighting at that point it will be too late for republicans to say oh i get it okay yeah. you know what maybe i should have said this in front of the camera you know we're talking about hollywood has a responsibility really? to talk about harvey weinstein Hey, Republicans really have a responsibility to talk about the imminent threat that they know because they've seen behind the scenes that this man poses to the safety and the security of the United States of America. This man is not fit to be president of the United States. So, Elise, too late for him. Well, here's at, 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 too late after 100,000 Americans die. After Seoul, a nuclear holocaust. Or after a million die in Seattle. And that's where we are. This he, is not an exaggeration. No, and this is what has concerned me all along. I've worried about how Donald Trump would behave when given the power of nuclear weapons and a nuclear arsenal. He has been fascinated for decades with nuclear weapons, and he has thinks that he could be the great negotiator about nuclear weapons. And though he had all this non-interventionist talk during right. the Republican primary, we've seen that it's basically hollow and shallow and meaningless. And mm -hmm. I think he would have no compunction about going to war if it served a political purpose. He has shown himself to be completely craven when it comes to using the Oval Office for his own political <laughs> You know, I love playing those hypocrisy sound bites because it's just, I mean, I, I just can't stop playing them. Some of you might fast forward through them, but every time I listen to them when I check my podcast for, you know, errors or whatever, I just go, good Lord. Good Lord, what is wrong with you people? I want to get a couple stats for the NFL. Remember, the NFL makes $14 billion a year, but it's subsidized by local and state funds. One report on watchdog.org said that over the past two decades, the NFL has raked in about $7 billion of taxpayer money to spend on stadium renovations and building. Another study from the Brookings Institute showed that the federal taxpayers have subsidized the construction of 36 stadiums at a cost of over $3.2 billion since 2000. So when you hear conservatives talk about it, once again, it is not supposed to be getting that much money and disrespect the flag, argue with the president. That That's bullshit. 
Their business is built on taxpayer money. I know they pay off league revenue for fucking sharing through the frickin' uh, media buys and all that stuff and advertisement. But at the same time, man, you don't even build your fucking stadiums. The cities do. To reestablish me just not saying it, Monday Night Football hit season low. It was 17% down from last and 17% down from September 11th on top of that. It just keeps going down. So just make sure you understand when they start this lefty protest of the NFL and how fucked up the NFL is because now we can't go out and shoot cops at halftime and we take the flag and wipe our ass on it before the game starts. The majority of Americans at 60% say, fuck you with your protest. And last but not least, because it's kind of fallen off the radar, because as I stated in the last podcast, they're not going to pass the bill. The Senate is going to approve it. But the abortion ban after 22 weeks. Understand, the United States is only one of seven countries in the world that allows abortion after 20 weeks. So not only is it against what Americans want, it appears feminazis, planned fucking parenthood, and all you liberals, the world doesn't agree with you either. Not at all. To a music break... We're going to play the song, uh, theme from Rectify. I love this song. I've never played it for a bumper music, but I'm going to do it this time. On the other side, you're going to hear a montage about Harvey Weinstein. It's just going to be in the close of the loop. It's just too much information because this is getting good. And I have popped two bags of Oral Redenbacher and I'm watching it.
bubbles, one podcast at a time. Here's Tony Reed. Harvey Weinstein was a force not only in Hollywood, but also in Washington, where he gave generously to the campaigns of Democrats. Since 2007, Weinstein has made about $600,000 in political contributions, mostly to Democrats. He donated nearly 40000 to help Hillary Clinton in 2016 and more than 70000 to re-elect President Barack Obama in 2012. Michelle Obama praised him a year later. He is a wonderful human being, a good friend. Clinton and the Obamas have so far been silent. But at least eight senators who also receive support from Weinstein say they will donate the money to women's and victims groups. So Hillary Clinton last night spoke for 90 minutes at an event in California. She talked about the NFL, kerfluffle. She did not mention Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein has given something like $1.5 million to, to Democrats um, over the past decade plus. Uh, Barack Obama also. I, th this is just unconscionable to me that people with huge megaphones, even more important because they did receive his donations and have been uh, patronized by what? him. Do you think that there is a double standard in terms of Democrats not coming out and condemning this. In fact, Hillary Clinton gave a 90-minute speech last night in California, didn't mention it. Absolutely, there's a double standard. I don't care if she ever weighed in on Roger Ailes or anyone else. She is a public person. She has benefited from his support in the past. He has held fundraisers. He held multiple right. fundraisers for Barack Obama's campaign, not just donating money, but raising money. He held fundraiser for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Yes, he is a person who gets his photograph made because he is famous with other famous people, including, yes, Donald Trump, yes, Ivanka Trump, yes, Jared Kushner. Thank you, my Twitter followers, for making this sure to send me the picture of Donald Trump and Harvey Weinstein 10 million times. But the broader point is, this guy is a Democrat. Right. He is a very high-profile Democrat, fundraiser and bundler of money. And I just think it's amazing that you don't see Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, who frankly are still the two highest-profile Democrats in the country, not say, this is, this is unacceptable. And why behavior. is it that, seems to me a slam Why dunk. is that? Because they're... The easiest thing to say, to come out and condemn this, why are they not doing it? I don't know. Uh, the cynic's take would be situational ethics, which is it's it's easy to condemn people you're not friends with. It's harder to condemn people you are friends with. Uh, it's good if uh, Dick Blumenthal from Connecticut gives back the $5,500 or whatever right. that, that Harvey Weinstein gave him. But you're talking about Bill, Cl uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, the three biggest names in Democratic politics for the last... 15 years, 20 years, not saying anything about, forget money and donations and bundling and all this stuff, but not saying anything about this story, which is, you know, inarguably one of the five biggest stories in the country. You could argue it's the biggest, but, but certainly one of the bigger stories in the country. Uh, I think it's pathetic, number one, but I think we also have to look at why all this information is coming to light now. I seriously wonder if Hillary Clinton were president and Harvey Weinstein were the uber-connected, powerful Democratic donor with access to the highest, most powerful people in the world, if this would have come out now. Because again and again, when these cases of you know, sexual abusers who enjoy a lot of power, these dominoes don't start tumbling down until they start to lose that power. We saw that with Roger Ailes. 
Um, all this information came out after he left Fox News. We found out about all the settlements. I mean, Harvey Weinstein paid out eight settlements over many, many years. People knew this, and now he's coming out saying he needs therapy, like he didn't need it after he lost the first few million dollars or whatever it was. And so I think the key to uncovering a lot of this information is getting these guys to, to feel like they're losing power and influence, and that's when we find out all the information. I'm not entirely sure I would agree with that. Uh, Roger Ailes was certainly very powerful at the time sure. that these stunning revelations came down, and then further revelations of settlements uh, came out uh, subsequently. But um, I find it so strange that people keep on trying to name Hillary Clinton as though she's culpable when Hillary Donald Clinton Trump is not is president in the right White now House. because she enabled I mean, if, sexual if, abuse. If let's, George let's Clooney be clear and Ben that. Affleck, who were working with Harvey Weinstein for many, many years, both have explicitly come out and said that they're just learning of this now, I don't think it's fair to impute any of this knowledge to Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has a track record of being slow on the draw. Let's be frank, during the Clinton administration, she covered up for her during husband. She helped gaslight America on this, calling Monica Lewinsky a crazy lunatic. No, no, I, I mean, normally would I not bring this up, but this is why Donald we're talking right about this Harvey Weinstein. This is how he yeah, recovered yeah. himself from the Access Hollywood tapes. Had I, she not have done that, he would not have had that card to play against her. Just look I, at what yeah, happened in the I, campaign. I don't know what to say about this. I, I think this is a this is a red herring and a distraction from discussing <laughs> the fact that it's why this, we have that, Donald Trump. But, I mean, if we're going to look at a presidential candidate of 2016 analog to the Harvey Weinstein situation, I think it's fairly clear that that analog. Dana, these are shocking allegations. Uh, allegations, women accusing him of rape. You, you saw the statement that his representative put out, Harvey Weinstein. But it's it's all extremely awkward for a lot of Democrats who received a lot of money over the years from Harvey Weinstein. A lot of money. And, you know, you just broke the news about Hillary Clinton finally putting out a statement condemning his behavior and distancing herself. The question is whether or not she is going to uh, help gather the $1.4 million right. that he, as, a, as a, what's known as a bundler, helped to, uh, to donate to her campaigns over the many years. The other question is, where are the Obamas? Where is Michelle Obama? Where is President Obama? I mean, he, he Harvey Weinstein, was a, and probably is still a big supporter of them and certainly of their, of their political, of the president's political efforts. And if, just, just, just pretend the shoe was on the other foot and this was um, a, a Republican, uh, somebody who's in Hollywood who was a Republican who is alleged to have done these things and uh, gave to Republican presidents. Can you imagine the outrage if they weren't, you know, condemning this behavior? And I mean, it's just, it makes no sense it, at, at all that they are not coming out and saying something. Uh, never mind the question. Don't do it, J-Mo. You don't want to mess with Weird Al. Oh, please. I'm not afraid of anyone in show business. I turned down intercourse with Harvey Weinstein on no less than three occasions out of five. But there's another problem here, and it's why so many women like me are angry that Hollywood protected Weinstein's horrific treatment of women for so long. That's because Hollywood and Democrats, the combined self-proclaimed arbiters of what's good for women, have for years insisted that I am bad for women. Conservative women like me have been told over and over again by people like Rosie O'Donnell, Hillary Clinton, Lena Dunham, Michelle Obama, and others, that we are the problem with women, that we aren't supportive of women, that we're traitors to women. Why? Because we're not liberal women. Madonna said we didn't vote for Hillary because we were jealous of her. 
Michelle Obama said conservative women just do what they're told. Dunham called conservative women teenagers that feminists like her must parent. And it's not just women. Liberal men trash us, too. Keith Olbermann has called Michelle Malkin a big mashed-up bag of meat with lipstick on it. He said of me, I'm the perfect demonstration of the necessity of the work Planned Parenthood does. He now works at Condé Nast, the parent company of women's magazines like Allure, Vogue, and Teen Vogue. I've been photoshopped with a phallus in my mouth by Hustler magazine with the caption, what would Essie Cup look like with a dick in her mouth? Just for the explicit reason that I'm a conservative with whom Larry Flint disagrees. The truth is liberal women have chosen to support liberal men, even the worst among them, over conservative women. That's why their silence over Weinstein until now was so deafening. And their outrage over Trump, which I share, rings so hollow. So my message to Hollywood liberals who want to tell me I'm bad for women is to quote Kevin Spacey in American Beauty, you don't get to tell me what to do ever again. Oh, we're back, man. I was eating that popcorn. That's some good shit right there, isn't it? That is ABC dogging Obama and Clinton. Dana Bash losing it on CNN. CNN, a whole place blowing the fuck up because somebody said the word Clinton. Don't you talk about her. She's timeless. SE Cup nailing her and 30 Rock. Making a joke about it. They knew, folks. They knew, and so did Ashley Judd. I was going to play, I'm a nasty woman, and all the shit the Woman's March said. I don't need to, you know. The only thing out of Ashley Judd is Hollywood stop enabling abuse was a plane that flew past the Hollywood sign today. But they knew. So she was, she was like most Ricky Tick going crazy over Trump's sexual accusations. Once again, accusations. He never paid people off. The four people that came out during the election just disappeared afterwards. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? This guy has done it for decades. He's paid people off. He wears the same bathrobe and jerks his wang in front of anybody that'll watch. But we protected him. We made jokes about it. It was all good. It was so bad that I, of course, you don't notice it when you're going along because you don't really give a fuck and I don't watch these shows. But in 2013, Seth MacFarlane at the Oscars. Congratulations, you five ladies. No longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. The audience laughed. Yeah, they laughed because they nude it. They nude it. They neutered it. Katie Yoder. Weinstein dropped 100K on 2017 Planned Parenthood Gala. At the Planned Parenthood 100th anniversary, Planned Parenthood awarded former Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton the Champion of the Century Award. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Weinstein gave Clinton a standing ovation at the event where she insisted on the morality of reproductive health care, a.k.a. abortion, and stressed trusting and valuing women. 
protecting access to the full range of reproductive health care, it is a health issue, of course. It is a core economic issue. Women in every corner of our country understand that, that intimately. And anyone who wants to lead should also understand that fundamentally this is an issue of morality. I wish it were common ground, but I know for sure it is a higher ground. And I believe, as you do, that trusting and valuing women is the right and moral position to do. According to Artnet editor Sarah Cascone, Weinstein also purchased artwork by British painter Cecily Brown, Cecily or whatever, at a charity auction for $100,000. According to the art market site, Brown's work is characterized by overt sexual imagery and abstract expressionist gestural style. Page 6, a gossip entertainment outlet made the same claim. Guy Benson, big champion of women's rights. Someone's committing this much sexual assault likely spent quite a bit at Planned Parenthood, so not surprising, he was a supporter. Another one, physics geek. Considering how many women he assaulted, it was probably cheaper than paying for all the abortions. Katie Hyde, the fact that Harvey Weinstein was at the Women's March is a reminder that a lot of these groups are facades to let people identify as moral. Pictures everywhere. He was at the march in Park City, Utah. With a pussy hat on. So articles are everywhere. From aggressive overtures to sexual assault. Harvey Weinstein's accusers tell their story. Multiple women share herring accounts of sexual assault and harassment by the film executive. For more than 20 years, Weinstein has also been trailed by rumors of sexual harassment assault. This has been an open secret to many in Hollywood and beyond. But previous attempts by many publications, including The New Yorker, to investigate and publish story over the years, fell short of the demands of journalistic evidence. Too few people were willing to speak, much less allow a reporter to use their names, and Weinstein had his associates use non-disclosure agreements, monetary payoffs, and legal threats to suppress these myriad stories. Asia Argentino, an Italian film actress and director, told me that she did not speak out until now. Weinstein, she told me, forcibly performed oral sex on her because she feared that Weinstein would crush her. I knew he had crushed a lot of people before. That's why this story, in my case, is 20 years old. Some of them are older, and they've never come out. Most of them were in the cheap porno version of a casting couch. A female attendant would grab the girl. they go up to a room. He'd saunter out in a bathrobe, butt naked, and offer to either blow them, have them blow him, or just watch me jerk off with something he said. I haven't said that to my wife. And trust me, I'm old now, but back in my days, a little kink in me. We all had a little kink, but I didn't do that then. I don't think I'd do that as a 60-year-old man. Philip Klein, New York PD, and his tape of Manhattan DA, who received money from Weinstein's lawyer, didn't prosecute. Stinks to high heaven. The DA and the NYPD are pointing fingers back and forth. In this article, one of them, a police source, said the department had collected more than enough evidence to prosecute Weinstein, and nobody did anything about it, because he's on the same team! New next phase of our Weinstein investigation, the casting couch with allegation from Paltrow, Jolie, and others. Others is Ashley Judd! Gwyneth Paltrow is a big lib. She's a big woman's march person. Married to that dude that's more of a chick from Coldplay. I used to like Coldplay, but you know... By the third album, you start realizing this is a fucking same song. They just changed the lyrics and the beat. It's like, couldn't do it anymore. I was expected to keep the secret. 
Jody Cantor, Angelina Jolie, told me she refused to work with Weinstein after he made unwanted advance in a hotel room. You know, somebody's been saying out there, and I really agree, everybody made fun of Pence because he had a policy of not being alone with the woman. It's a Christian thing. My brother, who's a pastor, we had a date night thing when he was dating his girl. That's because that's the only way he could do it. The parents wouldn't let the girl be alone with the boy. There's nothing wrong with that. It's religious, and it doesn't give an improper look. But the point being is, everybody made fun of Pence for that. Looks like Weinstein was always alone with the woman. She also, uh, Jody Cantor, I know Paltrow and Jolie will get attention, but please read accounts of lesser-known women. You will not forget them. And it breaks down everything. Jake Tapper's been pretty straight up. He did do a rant the other day, and he dogged the right, but he also dogged the left about using his political, political cudgel. Speaking of media complicity, ask yourself why NBC reporter Ronan Farrow wrote this for the New Yorker. Why? Yasher Ali. NBC let the Ronan Farrow scoop slip away. My story with Maxwell Stretchick. Oh, we're starting to get to something, aren't we? Rona Farrow had an audio of Weinstein admitting assault months ago, but that wasn't enough for NBC News, so he went to the New Yorker. Rona Farrow's investigation to Harvey Weinstein's long history of alleged sexual misconduct was, was in NBC's hands as recently as August, according to multiple sources, both inside and outside the network. By then, Farrow, an NBC contributor and investigative reporter, had already obtained damning audio of an encounter of Weinstein with a woman in which Weinstein admits to having groped her. I heard the video. He says he fucking did it. Instead, Farrow's story in the audio from 2015 New York Police Department Sting appeared Tuesday on a website of The New Yorker. Sources told HuffPo that NBC had concerns related to the story sourcing and cleared Farrow to take it to The New Yorker. The story relinquished by NBC, according to a network source, was nowhere close to that. Ultimately ran The New York Times and New Yorker. The network declined comment. NBC may not want to comment on the record, but a lot of other people have plenty to say about this story. Rona Farrow, NBC rejected my Weinstein story, but it wasn't underreported. Rachel Maddow interviewed him. So Ronan, you just said that one of these women spoke on camera back in January. Why did you end up reporting the story for the New Yorker, not for NBC? Ronan Farrow, look. You would have to ask NBC and NBC executives about the detail of the story. And he goes on to pretty much say, they didn't want to do it. Let's pause for 2.3 seconds. How many things on Obama do you think they had? How many things on the server do you think NBC had and MSNBC? How many things they have on Benghazi? Fast and Furious. How much about the IRS scandal did the media have but not release? This isn't about legality. This isn't about a powerful man that can sue you. This is about we don't want to hurt our team, the DNC. So we bury it. They ran with less on Trump. The whole Russia collusion is less. In eight hours, the FBI released that Paddock wasn't part of ISIS. We're 15 months, 16 months in. We don't know if Trump Colluded with Russia. Yeah, do the math on that, boys and girls. This fulfills what I've been saying for almost two years. Well, not two years. What are we going to say now? November, December, January. We're two and two-thirds, one and two-thirds years. 
The media only does their job when there's a con in the White House. That's why I like having a conservative president. At least we know what's happening, because when it's a liberal president, they don't report. Because remember, let's just think about the little things, boys and girls. Everybody from NBC got emails from Hillary. They knew she had a private server. Everybody knew that Obama got emails from Hillary, and it was from the private server. But NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, and MSDNC reported that the president didn't know until he read it in the paper. They never pressed. They never proved him wrong. They never did anything to distill that because he was on their team. So this Weinstein thing is very interesting. Not only does it show the hypocrisy of the women march feminazis who run around attacking any conservative for saying stupid things like put an aspirin between your legs, you don't need birth control, which is retarded. But Trump said he grabbed her by the pussy. They cooked up four people that went away and never filed charges, never said anything because there was nothing there. And ran with it for six or a whole month, month and a half before an election. Bill Clinton had a trail of sluts. That's what he called them. I wouldn't call them that. I would call them people that were sexually assaulted, raped, molested. Hillary attacked those women and discredited them, threatening them, and told them to go the fuck away. The media didn't dig that up. Drudge did. Oh, Monica Lewinsky never came from the media. But they knew. Chuck Talk can tell you we must be objective and not get too chummy. But when you're throwing a fucking birthday party, when the DNC hack email shows you that all these fucktards are emailing with these people, talking to these people on a regular basis, they know. The media didn't do anything on this because the media didn't want to hurt a liberal icon. It's just like right now, no different than the shooting from the shooter Hodgkinson. You don't see Dems having to explain, what are you going to do with the money? CNN isn't leading off of that. There's not reports or interviews with every Democratic official saying, what do you do about the money? They're not going to Cecil Richard and say, you got $100,000 from a guy who assaulted the JJs. What are you doing with the money? They're not going to report on it. They're going to bury it. Rona Farrow then said he was threatened with a lawsuit by Harvey Weinstein. Ex-New York Times reporter, I had the Weinstein story in 2004. Celebrity New York Times execs killed it. On Sunday night, the rap Sharon Waxman expanded on something she noted in passing during the Thursday interview with Jake Tapper. As a New York Times reporter in 2004, she had uncovered allegations of sexual misconduct by Harvey Weinstein, but was thwarted by the New York Times itself. Despite traveling to two countries and overcoming immense challenges to confirm at least part of the story that wound up running last week, Weinstein advertising presence gutted Waxman work, along with phone calls from Russell Crowe and Matt Damon. Waxman began recapping the events prior to Weinstein's ouster from his own company and thanking current Times reporter Jody Cantor and Megan Talley for taking what was likely a long and difficult road to publishing a story on Weinstein's disgusting behavior. So in 2004, the Times had it. Rona Farrah gave it to him. The Times did nothing with it. 
NBC did nothing with it. But it doesn't really matter. Not to the left. Fashion designer Donna Karen comes to Harvey Weinstein's defense, suggesting his victims may have been asking for it. I heard quite a few lefties say that. Jenna Jameson's, madam, could anyone be more awful than the Hollywood execs? Donna Karen, hold my beer. She's right. Lena Dunham, Harvey Weinstein, and the silence of the men of New York Times. Or the men, and that's the New York Times article that gave her a piece of defender. Ironically, guys speaking out against Harvey Weinstein only make you more sexually irresistible, consensually, of course. Jessica Chastain retweeted that. Natalie Sure, you're a professional writer. Literally, how do you keep fucking up this much? Rose McGowan, not right, not right, not right, not right. Lindsay Lohan came out, defense Harvey. I feel very bad for him. Of course, she's trying to fucking revive her career. It makes me just go for 2.3 seconds. Do you remember Lindsay Lohan when she was 18? She was beautiful, and now she's a crackhead. Interesting. Brian Steltzer. If you haven't heard the Access Hollywood tape in a while, here it is. We played it on today's reliable sources. So here's what Seltzer and other libs are doing. They're doing moral equivalency. Just a while ago, you couldn't do moral equivalency, but now we're doing moral equivalency. Chris Saliza, a whole bunch of people are saying, well, but Trump, uh, but Trump, uh, but Trump. Trump doesn't have payoffs. Trump didn't get buried by the media. Trump, all his accusers have gone away. What does that mean? I'm not saying he's not a sexist pig. I'm just saying comparing it to Weinstein, it's kind of like preparing apples to oranges. This is 30 years of sexual assault. Indecent exposure. Known to everyone in Hollywood and the media. Kevin, can we have equal outrage? But just in case you think we're not leaning left enough, here's your year-old clip. We're just showing just because. Ed Lewis, there are editorial decisions. Your choice displays something. This was unnecessary and off the road. Nothing better in the news, right? No Dem donor on trial for sexual harassment or Dem senator on trial for corruption. Because remember, they didn't say shit about Wiener. Didn't say shit about my fucking... The motherfucker for corruption. They don't give a fuck about that shit. Menendez, it doesn't matter. In other words, CNN has run out of things to complain about, so they're recycling old crap to deflect from the Weinstein scandal. Mm-hmm. Then later, talking to actress Julian Moore about gun control and other topics, Rachel Maddow shifted topics. I have to ask you about a big story in your industry. Revelations on Friday in the New York Times that Harvey Weinstein has sort of carried out a pattern, decades-long pattern of preying on women. Moore played Wallace in the HBO movie Game Change about the 2008 McCain campaign. After the actress asserted that women have to stand up for sexual assault, the MSDNC host outrageously compared, well, as you know, for playing Sarah Palin, there were a lot of people after the fact that said, how could you work on the campaign and not talk about what you saw? Wallace added, so I know what it's like on backside of a scandal to be questioned for what you know and what you saw. Yeah. Maddow, Wallace. Love it. Janice Min, just in. Weinstein, desperate email to Hollywood CEOs. Mogul's hour before his firing. 
read to me by a disgusted male recipient. He was groveling. Yasher Ali, exclusive Meryl Street, speaks out on Harvey Weinstein. Her thoughts on the revelation in my story. The actress and Clinton supporter, who fancies herself as a leading feminist, said in a statement that she didn't know about all the allegations against Weinstein or the settlement with women. Oh, really? In a statement sent to HuffPo exclusively by Streep's longtime publicist, Leslie Dart, Streep said she did not know that Weinstein, with whom she has also collaborated for years on films like August, Osage County, and Iron Lady, and once jokingly referred to as God, was engaged in inappropriate cursive acts, and that he had paid financial settlements to at least eight women after they accused him of a sexual assault. Juanita Broderick! Maybe now, Meryl, you can understand how wrong you were to support an enabler of a rapist husband. Wake up, Hollywood. Sherry brought her back to reality. She'll never understand because she's complicit. She's complicit. Like, she didn't know. This one under the well, this is useless. Hollywood decides how it's going to remove Harvey Weinstein. Huffpo! Harvey Weinstein named to be removed from all TV shows he produced. What does this accomplish exactly, people are asking. It fucking isn't going to stop anything. It's just not going to stop anything. Oliver Darcy gets into the meat and potatoes of this. I've asked Hillary Clinton spokesman over the last few days about Harvey Weinstein. Total silence. Crystal ball. Silence from Hillary Clinton on Harvey Weinstein is unacceptable. Crystal ball. Clinton received hundreds of thousands from Weinstein and campaign and foundation money. If she stays silent, she makes us all look like hypocrites. And it's true. 10 October through a publicist. Not herself. Not on camera, not talking to anybody. Obama released something, because they both, you know, they're hitting Clinton, but Obama didn't say anything either. Michelle and I have been disgusted by the recent reports about Harvey Weinstein and any man who demeans, degrades woman in such fashion needs to be condemned and held accountable regardless of wealth or status. We celebrate the courage of women who have come forward to tell the painful stories. We all need to build a culture, including my, by empowering our girls to teach our boys decency and respect so we can make such behavior less prevalent in the future. Jay Dubs acted like a Democrat, disgusted by the reports or the behavior. That's exactly how a Republican would have been addressed. But Hillary... Nope, she didn't come out. Silence of Clinton and Obama on Weinstein. Splash on CNN. I was in shock when I saw it. I was totally in shock. I couldn't believe they actually did it. But they did. And Peter Dow comes in. Sorry to get a drink. I freaking got a piece of Copenhagen in my throat. Peter Dow came in because, oh, no, no, you ain't going to hurt my girl. Pro tip for someone who knows, Hillary Clinton, she's not going to jump at anyone's command. She'll do the right thing. It's who she is. Simply put, if you spread the idea that Hillary Clinton is a horrible monster, you were a de facto Russian propagandist. Congratulations, is what he's saying. Congratulations, he ended that one with. The right thing to do is to condemn behavior all men who harass... And abuse women. It is one of the most persuasive injustice on earth. Harvey Weinstein's behavior was heinous. Heinous. I was going to say heinous. But it doesn't help women to use sexual harassment for cheap political points against Obama and Clinton. To those reflexively blaming Hillary for Harvey Weinstein's horrible behavior, read my tweet below. Now go see what she said about him. Peter Dow 
dear at Saliza CNN and others who want a Hillary to jump at your command. She'll never do it. She does the right thing because it's right. As long as they keep attacking Hillary Clinton, I'll keep defending her. And that infuriates her haters from right to left and the media. Make no mistake, CNN, Saliza, obsessive focus on Hillary's response to Weinstein's classic double standard sexism. Justin Walton, Dow's tweet has increasingly taken on the Oberman-esque panicked shrillness over the past 11 months, and it's true. And then he does what the rest of the left's doing. If you want to know how Trump became POTUS, look no further than the mainstream media's determination to pin Harvey Weinstein on Hillary Clinton. So finally today, on the 11th, through a spokesman again, not on camera, not in front of the camera, they don't make Obama get in front of the camera. Statement from Secretary Clinton on Harvey Weinstein. You know, the left always gets the secretary for the rest of their fucking life. I never understood that. I was shocked and appalled by the revelation about Harvey Weinstein. The behavior described by women coming forward cannot be tolerated. This cur- Their courage and support of others is critical in helping to stop this kind of behavior. Jim Garrity, 38 words. SFK, Stephen Cruiser. Her handlers sobered her up just long enough to let her know she needed to fake it. <laughs> Jessica Chastain today finally says, Hey, yeah, I knew about it. The stories were everywhere. I deny that it created an environment for it. it happened again. I was warned from the beginning. The stories were everywhere. I deny that it has created an environment for it to happen again. She repeated herself like three fucking times at 8.18 p.m. and at 4.38 p.m. And... Jessica Chastain, it wasn't my story to tell. It's the victim's decision, is what she said. That's her out. Ben Affleck, a big buddy of Weinstein. I'm saddened and angry that a man I worked with used this position of power to intimidate, sexually harass, manipulate many women over the decades. The additional allegation of assault that I read this morning made me sick. It's completely unacceptable, and I find myself asking what I can do to make sure this doesn't happen to others. We need to do better at protecting our sisters, friends, co-workers, and daughters. We must support those who come forward, condemn the type of behavior when we see it, and help ensure there are more women in positions of power. Oh, that was good. Mm. Ben Affleck's bestie, Matt Damon, who along with Russell Crowe allegedly helped stop the New York Times from publishing it in 2004 has hiked up his righteous indignation, pans to express his utter shock and disbelief. Matt Damon, absolutely sick to my stomach over the Weinstein allegations. When it was Bill O'Reilly, when it was anybody at Fox, wasn't an allegation. When it was Trump, wasn't an allegation. We're still saying allegation. Page six, I did five or six movies with Harvey. I never saw this, the type of predation happens behind closed doors. Oh, sure you didn't. Rose McGowan has been on a tirade. Ben Affleck, fuck up. Fuck off. Ben Affleck, goddammit, I told him to stop doing that. You said that to my face. The press conference I was made to go to after assault. You're a liar. Then he says, you want to play? Let's play. Or she said to him. And then the plot thickens. Ben Affleck is accused of groping actress Hillary Burton. On a TRL show, back in the day in 2003, he grabbed her fucking boobs. Yeah. Hillary Burton. I didn't forget. Now that's out there. So Affleck was grabbing people. 
by the pussy. Okay, it was a boo. But what's the difference? Ava DuVernay watching Harvey Weinstein sit in for Pierce Morgan and interview Clinton. I've heard all the Harvey stories over the years, but still a fan. That was in 2012. 2012, Ava DuVernay said that. She's an actress. Sally Combe. No doubt Meryl Streep and Lena Dunham and other liberals could criticize both Harvey Weinstein and Donald Trump for their hideous harassment and misogyny. They only spoke out after he was fired. Sounds like all of the power players knew just ignored. Keep quiet too long. You mean like Dems did when Bill was in the White House? Yes, it was nice then reported sexual assaults to the authorities 20 years later. The world, these are lefties and righties attacking these people. You can try to sugarcoat this. You can't. Alex Griswold. Sure, but this is one time guest at my birthday party. He was violently assaulted. And I only learned about it 17 years later. Nathan Lane said he was thrown against the wall. Judy Dench got a temporary tattoo of him on her ass. Yeah, on her ass. Yeah. Steve Ratner had to dive away because he's a buddy of his. So he didn't bash him on the show, even though Mika was losing her goddamn mind. Rose McGowan later, ladies of Hollywood, your silence is deafening. And then Rob Schneider steps up. To those being silent in the Harvey Weinstein sexual harassment of women, how will you be looked at next time you are outraged? I have three daughters. It's not about identity politics. It's about any man in a position of power abuses women sexually harassing them. Just as horrible behavior for all talent agencies, every studio is creeps, producers, directors. They're still there. Now they're on notice. Every actress has a story about it, and every woman in every business has her story. It's not just about show business. Mm-hmm. But Weinstein, as of today, called page six and is going to fight it. He's got a whole legal team. And to show you how fucking crazy this all is, Terry Crews, huge black dude, huge. This whole thing is giving me PTSD. Why? But this kind of thing happened to me. My wife and I were at a Hollywood function last year and a high-level Hollywood executive came over to me and groped my privates. Jumping back, I said, what are you doing? My wife saw everything. We looked at him like he was crazy. He just grinned like a jerk. I was going to kick his ass right then, but I thought twice about the whole thing. Would appear. 240-pound black man stomps out Hollywood honcho. Would be the headline the next day. Only I probably would have been able to read it because I would have been in jail. So we left. That night and the next day, I talked to everyone I knew about who worked with him about what happened. He called me the next day with an apology, but never really explained why he did it. I decided not to take it further because I didn't want to ostracize, be ostracized for, of course, when the predator has power and influence. I let it go, and I understood why many women who have this happen let it go also. Who's going to believe you? Few. What are the repercussions? Many. Do you want to work again? Yes. Are you prepared to be ostracized? No. I love what I do, but it's shame and the height of disappointment when someone tries to take advantage of that. He knows who he is, but sometimes you have to wait and compare notes with others who've been victimized in order to again gain a position of strength. I understand and emphasize with those who have remained silent, but Harvey Weinstein is not only the only perpetrator. Hollywood is not the only business where this happens. And to the casualty of this behavior, you're not alone. Hopefully, me coming forward with my story will deter a predator and encourage someone who feels hopeless. 
These are the same people that push identity politics on your TV. These are the same people who tell you your religion is bullshit. These are the same people that pump money day in and day out to Democratic campaigns. They're all fucking hypocrites. From Ashley Judd to all the NBC exec and reporters, the New York Times at all. You're fucking hypocrites. You are so quick to bash a conservative for the very same conduct. Yet no conservative has been sexually assaulting somebody for 30 years. You're very quick to bury the details and the information for anybody with a D behind their name or the same leanings as you. Fox fired people for texts, not physical conduct. And for 30 years, you let this happen. Let this sink in to every liberal. This is why Trump's president. It's not only with the sexual fucking bullshit. And that's not what I'm talking about. The hypocrisy. You say one thing. You tell everybody how to live, but you don't live it. You want to take everybody's guns, but you're surrounded by guns. You want everybody to live in a cave so we can save the planet. You fly private jets. To a short break. Bumper. Into segment two. We're going to play the Scalise interview by Chuck Todd. And then talk about it. Am I the meanest? So enough. Am I the prettiest? So enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? So enough. Well, who am I? So enough. Who am I? So enough. I can't hear you. So enough. Tony Reed of Woodlawn. Books. One man who is sadly familiar with gun violence is Congressman Steve Scalise of Louisiana. He was severely wounded in that baseball practice shooting back in June. Well, Scalise returned to Congress last week to a hero's welcome by his colleagues. And like many Republicans, he is a big supporter of gun rights. This week I had a chance to talk with him about gun violence in the country and what, if any, when it comes to limits there should be on the right to keep and bear arms. Congressman Scalise, welcome to Meet the Press. Great to be on, Chuck. Um, I'm excited uh, to be sitting here face-to-face interviewing you, um, considering everything you've been through this summer. I gotta ask you, do you have a sense of normalcy yet? Do you look forward to the moment where you won't think about it every day? Uh, you know, it's not that there are bad thoughts that I think of, because uh, there was so much good that came out of a bad act. I mean, the, the love, the support, the prayers from people all around the country, it, it, it touched me and my wife Jennifer in a way that, that you know, maybe we never would have imagined because it was so overwhelming and, and, and such a good sign of America that you don't see a lot, of, but, but we felt it directly. Let's move to the big issue that's popped up this week, uh, obviously the, the tragedy in Las Vegas. And there's been this debate about when to have the debate. Um, why is it, why, why, did, why do you make the case that it's too soon to have a gun control debate? Um, I would first say that we've had a gun control debate for a long time. I mean, you look at the presidential race, uh, the NRA had never endorsed 
that early when they endorsed Donald Trump because they knew there was a clear contrast. Donald Trump was supportive of gun rights and Hillary Clinton uh, wanted to, to, to limit gun rights. Do you feel as if this issue of mass shootings is a problem that the federal government has to figure out how to solve? I think over the years you've seen Congress address different components of it. Um, one of the things that we've seen in some of the past shootings is that there were serious problems in the mental health uh, community throughout our country. We didn't do a good job of tracking mental health, taking care of people that had mental health problems, and some of those people ended up going out and committing mass shootings. We actually came together and passed a major overhaul last year with the 21st Century Cures Act, which had included in it major revamping of our mental health system, uh, with real money behind it, too. And that there's was a bipartisan some, vote. But there's been some things that weakened some aspects of, of, of the mental health when it came to the database, where there was a fight to allow people that have had, uh, if you get disability benefits because of mental health issues, you can still pass a background check. Should that be the case? Well, there were some people that we saw in that uh, situation where uh, they had not mental health issues, they had disability issues, and yet because they were on that list, they were getting denied gun rights. Uh, not because they had mental health issues, because they had disabilities. You shouldn't take away the rights of people to own a gun just because they have a disability but still have good mental health capacity. Why do you think we do lead the world in these things? In gun deaths, mass, we lead the world in these mass gun incidents. We lead the world in um, death by guns. We lead the world and how many guns per person we have in this country? If you look at some of the places where you have bad gun violence, and I mean, first of all, let's recognize the vast majority of gun violence and gun, uh, gun killings in this country are committed by people who broke the law to get the gun. But you go to a city like Chicago, some of the toughest gun laws in the country are in the city of Chicago, and yet they have the worst gun violence. But they'll tell you, you just go in Gary, Indiana. So, I mean, you just go across state lines. You, you, you can have all the tough gun laws you, you, you want in the world, but if you cross state lines, I mean, this is, that's why they argue for a federal. I do think something that doesn't get focused on enough are the amount of people across the country who, over the course of a day or a week or a month, use guns to protect themselves against criminals. Let me ask you this philosophically. Is there a limit? Do you believe that is the right to bear arms unlimited, or is there a limit? Look, the Second Amendment really predates the Bill of Rights. Our founding fathers believed strongly in gun rights for citizens. Frankly, they thought it was uh, an assumed right. They didn't put it in the Constitution because they didn't think it would ever be in jeopardy. But ultimately, you saw attempts later on to take away gun rights. So they said it's so important. We're going to make it one of the ten uh, Bill of Rights uh, constitutional changes. And so it is a long history in our country to make sure that you protect the rights of citizens to bear arms. But is it unlimited? It is. I mean, you've you seen, really limits. Believe it's unlimited, you've seen so. limits put in place, Chuck. You've seen limits right. that are already in place. And again, you've seen laws that are on the books. And those laws are so there for a reason. Well, you're right in the sense that there are already limits on the gun ownership. But frankly, let's go out and enforce those laws. Don't try to put new laws in place that don't fix these problems. They only make it harder for law-abiding citizens to own a gun. So, so you do agree there should be some limitations? Well, obviously, there are limits in law. But you said there are in ownership. Would you have supported those limits at the time? Oh, I'm, I'm sure I would have supported some of them, but probably might have opposed others. But in, in the end, you have laws that are on the books that aren't being enforced. Go out and focus on enforcing those laws. Do you agree with the automatic uh, weapons ban? Um, if you look at, again, some of the weapons that they included in there aren't really automatic weapons, but 
those laws are on the books too. And again, you haven't seen a decrease in, in gun violence with those laws on the books. So go and enforce the laws that are there. All right. What do you make of this bump stock? Uh, of this accessory that takes a semi-automatic weapon and turns it into virtually an automatic weapon. Um, if you talk to anybody about a week ago, most people, including myself, didn't even know what a bump stock was. So Me too. Now Me we're included. finding out about it. But again, there are people that want to rush to judgment. They've got a bill written already. And, and I mean, look, Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi already said she wants it to be a slippery slope. She doesn't want to stop at bump stocks. Uh, they want to go out and limit the rights of gun owners. And, and so I do think it's, it's, it's a little bit uh, early for people to say they know what to do to fix this problem. I know there are people that are asking the ATF to go back and review their 2010 decision they should? to authorize it. And I, and I think they should, and they are. Uh, you know, you've, you've seen but you're not that ready to codify it into law. Well, again, I mean, a week ago, nobody, most people didn't know, few people, but most people didn't know what a bump stock was. So to think that that we're now all experts and know how to write some, uh, you know, panacea law, uh, it's fallacy. You know, let's focus on the facts, let's get the facts, and let's go focus on some of the problems, and frankly, we've done some of that already. Is there a point where somebody's right to bear arms infringes on somebody else's right to be safe and secure at a country music concert? Absolutely. Uh, you know, if they break the law and take away your rights, you know, you've got a right to be protected uh, in your home and when you're out in public. And if you're abiding by the law, nobody has the right, whether it's a gun or a hammer or, or a knife, to go and deny your rights by trying to attack you. Do you look at We're learning that this guy stockpiled a lot of weapons, a lot, over the last year. We don't necessarily monitor that type of sales. I know there's always been some concerns about that. Had we been monitoring, he might have gotten a check-in from the FBI or ATF going, what are you up to? And maybe that might have intervened. Is that something you could imagine ever supporting the idea that that there is a limit on how many guns you buy in a year, in a month, in a week? I think it's dangerous for the concept that the federal government would have some kind of list of who has guns and what they have. Uh, because you've seen that, by the way, in totalitarian countries where I, they use I that to take guns. I, I, I get that it's, argument. But it's really happening. Frankly, Go back to after Katrina. We saw law enforcement going door to door in the city of New Orleans, taking guns from law-abiding citizens. That happened in the United States of America in 2005. It should have never happened. We put laws on the books to stop government from taking guns, but government and other governments we've seen over history have used those lists to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. Do you think we have too many guns on the streets? The problem is not that there are too many guns, is that there are people that will go out and break the law, whether it's a gun or some other weapon or a bomb. Uh, there's no excuse for breaking the law. There's no excuse for using any kind of weapon to try to take the life of an innocent person. One more note I want to share with you. On Friday night, Congressman Scalise was at Nationals Park right here in Washington, D.C. to throw out the ceremonial first pitch of the first playoff game between the Washington Nationals and the Chicago Cubs. By the way, he threw a strike. Uh, his optimism is extraordinarily contagious. Let's just say after I got done with the interview, I was uh, more fired up than ever before. So you remember that thing about being objective? Here's just one article breaking down that interview. Three major problems with Chuck Todd's push for gun control. Number one, sliced and diced. The full interview, with the exception of one vague opening question about returning to a sense of normalcy after everything we've been through this summer, was about gun control. If you read the full interview transcript or watch the unedited interview, it was actually a nicer conversation. It focused more on Scalise's Scalise, Scalise, 
returned to Congress, including how both Democrats and Republicans reached out to support him. It dealt with an actual issue that many people would like to discuss on national news programs, tax reform. It was still overtly focused on gun control, but nothing like the finished product, where all of the interesting viewpoints were excised in favor of Todd's pet issue. But even then, when the only the gun control portions were included, the editing is most curious. For instance, one of the points Scalise kept making was that enforcing existing gun laws is key to their effectiveness. When he said that federal enforcement of gun laws under Obama administration dropped 25%, it hit the cutting room floor. Are you surprised? The dear one. Number two, incapable of being even remotely objective. With the exception of that opening question, here are his questions. What do you make, what do you make the case that it's too soon to have gun control? Another one. Do you feel as if this issue of mass shootings is a problem that the federal government has to figure out how to resolve? Another one. But there's been some things that weaken some aspects of the mental health when it comes to the database. Where there was a fight to allow people that have had it, had if you get disability benefits because of mental health issues, you can still pass a background check. Should that be the case? Why do you think we do lead the world in these things in gun deaths, mass? We lead the world in these mass gun incidents. We lead the world in um, death by guns. We lead the world in how many guns per person? But they'll tell you you can go in Gary, Indiana. So, I mean, you just go across state lines. You have to have all that tough gun laws you want in the world. But if you cross state lines, I mean, that is it. That's why they argue for federal intervention. Let me ask you this philosophically. Is there a limit? Do you believe there's a right to bear unlimited arms? But is it unlimited? You believe it's unlimited? So it's not unlimited. So so you do agree that we should have some limitations? But you said there's law. What do you have supporting these limits of time? Do you agree with the automatic weapons law ban? Blah, blah. I'm not reading. This goes on for like 30 questions. They're all pointed. Earlier this week, in the words of Huffington Post, it took just one minute for Chuck Todd to shut down gun control critics. Again, that's great if your job to oppose the Second Amendment as a partisan extremist. It's not so great when you're supposed to be interviewing both Democrats and Republican down the middle. And lastly, naive and uninformed. Throughout that interview, if you actually listen to him, he is naive and uninformed. He's like everybody else in the media. They don't have a clue which end the bullet comes out. Because they don't want to know. They're surrounded by people with guns. You don't need to own a gun when you live in a secure world. But you? Fuck you. You're a peasant. You shouldn't have a gun. You don't even deserve a gun. I heard all week, and I just pointed out the MTP interview, but the whole thing why nobody needs an AR. Nobody should have an AR. I got two. I fought 20 years. I mean, I've served 20 years and I fought for this country. I like to shoot the gun occasionally that I carried for 20 years for target practice. Who the fuck are you to tell me what I can have or not have? As you spend most of your time telling everybody how to live, twisting the 14th Amendment to fucking make it be for any of your fucking pet rock projects, this is an amendment. No way in hell will you ever have a constitutional amendment and get it passed. If you couldn't get the Equal Rights Amendment for women done, why the fuck do you think you're going to get guns? So as 
Chuck Todd, Eugene Robinson, HuffPo, New York Times, WAPO, everybody does the articles. We should be fucking Australia. We could be Australia. There are so many guns in this country. There'll still be mass shootings. There'll still be 59 murders a month in Chicago that nobody cares about. Especially if they have a D behind their name. Because that could hurt the dear one. Don't hurt Obama. It won't change anything. Illegal people and crazy people are going to get their hands on a ninja. Not the ninja with the little, you know, throwing stars. I'm talking like the ninja fucking blender you can buy at Walmart. And they'll kill people. So as Scalise and anybody else, including the NRA this week, that said we should roll the bump stocks into the automatic weapons ban. Because it's making the weapon automatic. Enforce the laws we have. You can make all sorts of cool gun laws that aren't going to accomplish shit. Enforce the ones we have. To a music break. News. Social media nuggets.
at the media bubble one podcast at a time here's tony reed come fly with me let's fly let's fly away if you can use some exotic booze there's a bar in far bombay come on and fly with me let's fly let's fly away stop Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. Really groovy. 
It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct, and it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, right see these girls? Yeah. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls, and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales. Gays in the military now. excited about military corner today i can't be army id soldiers killed and injured in fort jackson incident private ethan schrader from prospect tennessee private timothy ashcraft from cincinnati ohio schrader was 19 ashcraft was 18 private emmett foreman uh hannah new benjamin key alan krasansk carday jackson and James Foster, um, all were injured. A bunch of these kids were from Tennessee. One was from Clarksville. Alan Krasansk um, was in Clarksville. They haven't disclosed what happened, but it appears to be a vehicle accident. So um, hearts and prayers go out, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the families, whether it's in training or in war. Um, <clears throat> as a wise uh, platoon sergeant told me when I was a private, this is dangerous shit. So um, they gave their life protecting the country. 82nd Airborne Brigade Commander, ISIS is in shambles. They're actually looking for them uh, where they're at in their area operations. In Raqqa, more than 80% of ISIS self-proclaimed capital has been liberated by U.S.-backed Syrian forces. So <clears throat> he pretty much is saying they're on the run. Report online trolls targeting U.S. troops and veterans. This is a vet, uh, Vietnam Veterans of America. There, there are trolls going out to these people, releasing their, they're doxing them. And they're asking the government for assistance on that. The Army's going introduce to introduce a new badge. I would dog this, but I served with a bunch of tankers. So, Military Horseman Badge is coming back. Um, in this case, it's not tankers, but it's the 1st Battalion of the 3rd Infantry which is the old guard. They're going to get a badge. Um, they have to do something for it. But um, serve honorary for nine months in the Quezon platoon and do at least 100 funerals. Um, so <clears throat> that's a new badge. The VA has also authorized health, ins- health insurance for dogs. And I saw a bunch of liberals losing their mind on that. Uh, go suck it. They do more for the country than you do. They're over there fighting. Those service dogs are doing some serious shit. So, yeah, they deserve health coverage. You know, of course it was the, well, you don't give free health coverage to, to Americans. Why should we give them to, uh, a shut up? The mysterious origins of Hua, the Army's beloved battle cried. To a civilian, Hua can sound like a completely nonsensical utterance, the guttural wail of an unhinged man on the verge of defeat. But to a soldier in the U.S. Army, however, it's a fearsome battle cry that's heard on battlefields and among battalions deployed around the globe. 
who uh, it means everything to everyone. This is actually a, a podcast. Went out to try to figure out where it came from. Um, a Seminole, Seminole tribe. They believe it also came from Vietnamese Union thing. And General Sullivan says, who gives a shit? So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, civilians look at you like you're crazy when you say Hua. I, I say it all the time. I, I can't help it. Marines say hoorah. We say Hua. The Army hints at bringing back World War II uniforms and the Internet freaks. Sweet Lord, if I physically could, I would unretire just to wear those beautiful tan pants and brown jackets. The Ike, yeah. They had guys uh, from the reserve, guys and girls, from the gir- uh, reserve at the uh, AUSA convention, and they were walking around. They're really considering bringing back the World War II uniforms, getting rid of the blues, going back to blues or for formal dress, and then regular um, dress uniform, because we transitioned from the greens to the blues, going to the browns. Um That's sexy. And lastly, for our military corner, this is pretty neat. The veteran who commandeered the truck to rescue Vegas shooting victims was given a new vehicle for free. Um, B5 Motors like to give Vegas hero Taylor Winston a free truck. Please help us find him. Help B5 Motor find Taylor Winston. Once he was found, he is going to sell his existing vehicle with B5 Motors' help. And he's going to donate all that to the victims of the Vegas shooting. And I think he deserves it. And that is a fantastic thing. I know liberals out there are saying, just like Pence, it's a stunt. Well, when a stunt helps a veteran soldier, I say, get your stunt on. And to our crazies. Millennials are so terrified of real religion, they're developing a run one around Harry Potter. Two graduates from Harvard Divinity School, where else, began a podcast calling Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. And they're fucking serious. They literally are fucking calling it a religion. Sweet Jesus, what is wrong with you? Georgia mom upset about sexual identity de- definition quiz. I'm not going to go into the, what the Cab County did in Georgia, but here are the questions. A woman is attracted to a woman is a, a man is attracted to a man is a, a person who is attracted to men and women, a man who is attracted to a woman or a woman who is attracted to a man, a broad term that can include gay, lesbian, and bisexual people. This was given not to high schoolers. Not to somebody in 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, which is most of the country is junior high. No, it was given to a 6th grade class. And once again I say, why must you indoctrinate our kids into your cult, your religion of progressivism? I know, because when Harvey Weinstein isn't fucking and jerking off in front of young women and being a hypocrite and then donating a bunch of shit to women cause and marching around in a pussy hat... HBO Curb Your Enthusiasm uses names of Republicans to talk dirty during sex. Literal scene. 
fuck me, you godless fuck, you infidel fucking Jew. I try to keep kosher kitchen. You fatwa fucking bastard, I'm a fatwa fuck. Yes, talk dirty to me, Larry. Blasphemy like you blasphemed the nation of Islam. Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, Jared Kushner, Mike Pence, Kellyanne Conway, Mitch McConnell, yeah, Rudy Giuliani. And then the deuce on HBO had a gay threesome, graphically. Yeah. Just shove it down. It's not bad enough HBO, you always had to have a gay character, but fuck people, gee many crickets. Video, UNLV, the professor blames Las Vegas massacre on Trump. not even surprised about that. I mean, let's be honest. The reason why you can't get a good burger at Burger King right now is Trump. That's what liberals do. Professor Braggs is tricking students into social justice classes. Two Canadian professors have developed an approach they call Trojan Horse Pedagogy to peddle social justice to otherwise unassuming students. The professor argued that the ruse is justified because most students are not interested in learning about social justice. Are you sure? That's all you guys do. Then there's diversity educators fear burnout from microaggressions. A recent academic journal article warns that diversity educators often suffer from burnout and compassion fatigue due to the emotional weight of their jobs, particularly at predominantly white institutions. The author suggests that administrators publicly and symbolically recognize the work of diversity educators, for instance, by raising their pay to a level commensurate to the position. At least they're honest. Pay me because I'm black. Okay. Republican student accused of violence for stopping a vandal. A member of the University of Minnesota College Republicans was accused of verbal and physical assault for challenging a classmate who was vandalizing one of the club signs. Imogen Leah claims that Ethan Bunn used violence against her. Bunn said he merely took the marker Leah was using to fix the mural by adding the words, End White Supremacy. following day, Vandal struck the CR mural again along with the nearby TPUSA mural, poorly leaving an Antifa sticker in the vicinity. Mm, he violently talked to me. Another professor, white male privilege to blame for STEM gender gap. I must have one of those a podcast. STEM isn't working for women because men are white. University of New Mexico president player meant no disrespect by kneeling for the anthem. 
The University of New Mexico interim president is defending five UNM football players who took a knee when the National Anthem was playing during the halftime recent game against the Air Force Academy. Interim president Shukala Abdullah said the players meant no disrespect. With that name, I got it. Another article said one of them was kicked off the team. So I don't know which one's true. All I know is, fuck you and go eat a bag of dicks if you disrespect the flag. Columbia PhD student bemoans asexual microaggressions. That's a new category, not like the other microaggressions. According to Asha Foster, asexual microaggressions include being told asexually or asexuality isn't real, facing concerns that they will live out their life alone, and bring being told that asexual discrimination doesn't exist. To combat the psychological distress experienced by such individual, Foster calls for more research into asexual microaggressions and hope that it will help to normalize asexuality. What are you, a fucking nightcrawler? You're a worm? Where do we think we get all this, boys and girls? I know liberals account for 86% of political speakers at the University of Vermont. And I guarantee if you go across the country, that's about it. And those that are the other 14%, well, they could not be recognized as right or left. That's actually what the report said. Amherst course puzzles over how women become conservative. <laughs> That's going to be a new thing since this election because women rejected Hillary because Hillary was getting money from Harvey Weinstein who was jerking off in front of him. Amherst College is offering a course this semester exploring why some women become right-wing leaders while others fight for the rights of women. So you can't fight for the rights of women when you're conservative because you don't want to just abort babies all day. See, that's what we've distilled down feminism to no longer being a independent woman. It's all about killing a baby. The course description implies that neoliberalism, cultural conservatism, Islamophobia, and anti-immigrant sentiments drive women to the right wing, but describe progressive forces as anti-racist and defenders of individual rights. Except for the right not to abort a baby. Guess that doesn't work. While we're at it, for something a little different, gay porn kingpin Michael Lucas, Muslim homophobia becoming very inconvenient for liberals. Homophobia in the Muslim world is becoming very inconvenient for liberals because liberals are apologists for Islam. Michael Lucas, a gay pornographic film star and director charged in a radio interview Sunday. Where you been, Kingpin? They don't say anything when they chuck dude off the frickin' top of a roof for sucking dick. But remember, if you're not for gay marriage, you're the evil one. New California law allows jail time for using wrong gender pronoun. Sponsor denies that would happen. Ooh, really? So now we're a sanctuary state... You don't get charged if you give somebody HIV because, oh well, and this one. California health care workers who willingly and repeatedly decline to use a senior transgender patient's preferred name or pronoun could face punishment and jail time under new law. Jerry Brown signed the legislation last week. The sponsor, Democratic State Senator Scott Weiner. Man, I changed my name. My last name was Weiner. Has argued, ad, argued adamantly 
that nobody's going to be criminally prosecuted for using the wrong pronoun. It's just more scare tactics by people who oppose all LGBT civil rights and protections, he said in a statement last month. But the language seemingly allows for possibility, however remote. Well, if it says you get jail time, how do you not get jail time? Oh, I know, it's like the gun laws. You guys don't enforce that shit either. New Yorktown creates law to find jail parents of their children are bullies. North Tanawanda, just north of Buffalo. Members of the North Tanawanda Common Council hope the new law will put a stop to bullying by holding parents accountable for a child's action. Parents could be fined $250, sentenced to 15 days in jail, and if twice in a 90-day period their child under 18 violates the city curfew or any other law, including bullying. Wow. <clears throat> Seriously. And you know why? Because they're liberals. And it makes this next one make total sense. Why we're exhausted. Stress and social media are taking their toll. Mayor Marie Sullivan says that she knew something wasn't quite right during a doctor visit five years ago. I thought I might be anemic, but the result of my annual physicals were fine. All my numbers were in the normal range. The blood work turned up nothing. I said, the doctor, are you sure? What's wrong with me? I'm getting older. I'm not that old. I used to have tons of energy. I know you slow down as you age, but I'm physically exhausted all the time. And I know I'm not the only person. Exhaustion, weariness, fatigue, whichever phrase you prefer, recurring tiredness seems to be the new normal for a growing number of people, regardless of their age or background. And they sum it up as social media fatigue. Hmm. Off the stupid crazy into the scary crazy, close call passing asteroid to test Earth's warning systems. A house-sized asteroid will give Earth a near-miss Thursday, that is, tomorrow, passing harmlessly inside the moon's orbit while giving experts a rare chance to rehearse for a real-life strike. Dubbed 2012 TC4, the space rock will shave past an altitude of less than 44,000 kilometers, or 27,300 miles, just above the 36,000-kilometer plane at which hundreds of geosynchronous orbits or satellites orbit the Earth. The rep- represents about an eighth of a distance. That stuff scares the shit out of me. It just scares the shit out of me. It really does. And so does this one. Mysterious spike in radioactive particles across Europe baffles scientists. Germany's Office for Radiation Protection reported increased radioactivity in parts of Central and Western Europe over the past week. The heightened levels were detected at several trace measuring stations in Europe and at six locations in Germany. The particles are ruthenium-106, an isotope used in radiotherapy for eye tumors and at times in radiostope thermoelectric generators which provide power to satellites. An increase of ruthenium-106 has been detected in air in Austria, France, Germany, Italy, and Switzerland. And nobody knows where it came from. How much you want to bet a satellite crashed? A Russian satellite. To a lighter fare. Today for our lighter fare, we have a mashup of Matt Beck's 
11X liberal gun logic, Ranger up, hanging out in Motoritaville, and damn drop cinnamon toast shake. Enjoy. Oh, God. I just can't believe my hair is getting out Give us your fucking jewelry! And, and, and you're not Fence Bassler! I would love to comply, but uh, in the state of California, all of those firearms are illegal. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I did not mean to bring an illegal firearm into your home. I knew this thing was way too military. <laughs> oh my god, I had no idea. As a California resident, I am super thankful you guys are only going to rob me with legal Illegal. Illegal. Hey baby, is the Glock Gen 4 on the California roster? No. Illegal. Fuck me! It is so hard to be a law-abiding criminal in this state. Law-abiding criminal? I mean, everybody needs to be accepted. Tolerance. Jesus Christ, 2017 is really fucking me up right now. <sighs> what now? This? Those are actually all California compliant. So, I mean... Are we getting robbed? Yeah. Guys, uh, Rob again, right? Yeah. Really wanted to watch Netflix. Cool. You're lucky I didn't kill you. Ah! Incoming, incoming, incoming. Incoming, incoming, incoming. Facebook, Twitter, it's your man, man James Ross back again with another Super Official Four of you kids, nigga, baby, I know you can't hate, listen, man. So the first thing that I had to do, aside from link up with my homegirl Ash up over here, y'all, y'all remember her? Yeah. When, we, we, we did like the Tommy Burger joint. Yeah, we did Tommy's. That's what we did Tommy's last time yeah. we was out here. Yeah. It was like the Sloppy Joe Burger action, right? <laughs> it's like that chili Sloppy Joe. And hold on, and we, so we did Tommy's, and we did the chips too. Yep, we did the chips. We did, on my we did the chips. Yes, yes, yes. So for those of you that are not familiar, don't worry because I'm gonna have her channel in the description box below. You slide up over there. She done changed her life on me. Last time I was here, she was eating everything. I came over here to Burger King because I didn't have a chance to do the new Cinnamon Toast Crunch milkshake joint. So I said, as soon as I get to LA, I'm gonna slide and make that happen. So I'm here. I grabbed up an extra one before she even got here. She got here, she's like, I don't know what you got it for, cause I'm vegan now. I was like, damn. So what did you get, miss? I'm vegan now. All right, all right. So everyone who's vegan knows the struggle of going to any fast food place and they don't have anything for you. Well, Burger King has something very nice for you. Their apple pie. It's vegan. Their apple pie is vegan, and I'm so ready to try this and see if it's any good. So we about to find out. All right, all right. Well, you know your boy got that cinnamon toast crunch shake. 
You know what I'm saying? Let me just take a look at this thing right here. Got a whole bunch of that old creamy goodness with the... I ain't gonna tilt it because I know it's gonna come all out. They, they, they did that before on me. Mm -hmm. I can't even play myself. You know the whipped cream game is up there in there real proper. Look, look. You see all the cinnamon toast crunch pieces inside? And y'all already know cinnamon toast crunch is the truth to begin with. Sugar and cinnamon. And now you just got it inside of your milkshake, so let's go right on in on this thing. It was like $2.99 for a little medium piece. It was nothing. Mm -mm. <laughs> okay, let me try this again. Here's the thing. I would think that they would like do like a little half and half business. Right. You know, crush up a few. You have the bag, just go ahead and crush the bag. Because you're not gonna get full pieces of cinnamon toast crunch up through the straw. So let me guess, they're all it's This is there. This just it's clogged. clogged it's just clogging up. up. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting no oh, milkshake, no. sugary cinnamon action. It's clogging up the straw. So let me just try another section. Let me whip it up. Whip it up. I can't even whip it, it's thick. <laughs> I got stump. Burger King has some mean thick milkshake game. They do. They so do. it's hard to whip it up with this old punk straw. The straw is a sucker straw, soft. All right, let me try to get up in here again. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Now, I mean, understand you have crunchy cereal inside of milk, cream. It's going to get soggy, right? Mm -hmm. However, that flavor is in full effect. That old cinnamon sugar booger flavor is in full effect. The sweetness is actually happening. <laughs> I mean, I, I get, I get, them birds came up kind of deep right up over there. They, they came up squad action. It wasn't even like one bird that flew up. It was like 15. I thought I was going to fly inside the vehicle. I'd have left you right here. I'd have been out. You know what I'm saying? Got time for it. Good looking out. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. for myself at that point because I ain't trying to have no birds attack me. It's just too hot. It's too hot. It's too hot to be attacked by birds, yo. Sorry. I'd be like, your ass, you go. And then I'd be way out there somewhere. Okay, Burger King, so I see you, and I see what you're trying to do with all of your cereal shakes. Burger King now owns real estate on cereal shakes. They do. The Fruit Loop joints. What other ones do they have? Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. And now... Now Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Wasn't that Frosted Flakes? Wait, they didn't do Fruity Pebbles, did they? I, they might as well have. Exactly, I don't know. Burger King. Uh, you ain't gonna keep trying to play me, son. Just take your regular shake and then hit up the, the cereal spots. Run all through. Was it General Mills that controls the mm -hmm. cereal game? Mm -hmm. Hit up General Mills and work out a deal. And be like, every oh. single month, we're going to release a brand new cereal. That, you know what? That's probably what they're doing. That's what they're doing. That's Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Puffs are coming. Ooh, that would be Honey good. Nut Cheerio Milkshake by Burger King is coming. Okay. Okay. I'm liking the Cocoa I'm puff. just saying, I know where you're going with this one. <laughs> and what, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to keep reviewing them. You keep putting them out. I'm going to keep reviewing them. Yes, the cereal gets soft, but if the cereal has amazing flavor, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch already does, it's a nice little breakfast bite. A breakfast bite. It's a breakfast bite right now. You know what I'm saying? A little breakfast shake. It, it, that's what we're doing. I love it. I a love brunch. It. I love. It's a brunch it's shake. It's a brunch shake. It's a brunch shake. There exactly. you go. There you go. So Whatever for $2.99, man, get yourself a brunch shake. You know. That, so what's up with your apple pie? That's no guilt right there. Burger King. 
for your new cinnamon toast crunch milkshake for two ninety nine. I'm gonna give it a four piece. Okay. I'm gonna give it. Four. I'm not mad about it. Okay. It's all right. All right. Let's see. Okay. So I was like, damn, I'm gonna get apple pie, and he went, you're yeah. gonna get apple pie at Burger King. All right. So <laughs> the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna look at it. Okay. It kind of looks a little, a little spongy, <laughs> a little. It's warm. We're gonna give it that. It's warm. It took a couple minutes, so we expected it to be. So it's <laughs> gonna get in there. It looks very soft. Mm-hmm. Soft, huh? Mm -hmm. Warm, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. It might as well be a milkshake. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's good. It's like a freezer apple pie, and it was a dollar sixty. Can't go wrong. A dollar sixty. It's not bad. Definitely can't go wrong. Um, I would buy it again for a dollar sixty for sure. Okay. For sure, I would. I'll give it. I'll give it a three and a half. Not bad. I'm not. Ba I'm not mad at it. I'm not okay. mad. At it. Well, listen, people, I'm going to be out here for the next couple days because I got some work to do that you guys are going to see a little bit later. All right, so y'all know what it is. You made me and Dame Drops and, of course, Ashley Sprinkles in the building. You go ahead and plug all your stuff so they know what's up. You guys, if you guys want to check me out, I have a mukbang channel, and I also do some vlog-type stuff, so it's Ashley Sprinkles. And also, I'm a photographer on Instagram. You can come check out my uh, landscape photos, lots of bright colors, very relaxing and freeing. So that's also Ashley Sprinkles on Instagram. Hey, like Dame, why is she even with you? Because she's part of Team Dame. For those that do not know, you know what I'm saying. So if you're part of Team Dame, you automatically pop up when I pop up. And I'm, I done popped day up. Day one, day one, Team Dame. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. how it works, All right, so it's hot. I'm gonna turn the AC on. Now. Yeah, let's I'm go take pictures. I want to take pictures. Holla at y'all. Keep it crispy. See y'all next video. I have one other soundbite I think is very apropos. I always do up to the light affair. I do something serious. This is a Jimmy Kimmel skit from 2012. Remember, we're being told by the media that Jimmy Kimmel is now our moral compass since he's now linked up with Schumer and wants to fight any changes to Obamacare and he wants to take your guns. So if this is the moniker, what the hell's up with this? I've stuffed something in my pants, and you're allowed to feel around on the outside of the pants. You have 10 seconds to then guess what is in my pants. You should use two hands. Two hands. Before, haven't you? Maybe it would be easier if you put your mouth on it. How old are you? 18. Okay, good. You sure of that? Because <laughs> uh, Uncle Jimmy doesn't need to do time. <laughs> you're going to make you're gonna make a fine wife. I think I wore the rubber underpants. And your guess is? Vibrator. A vibrator? No, it is actually a zucchini with a rubber band on it. But you can use it as a vibrator if you want. Look. This is a good game. This is a good game. Yes, yeah, stuffing things in his pants and making women touch his crotch and saying you can use your mouth. Hmm, that's the moral compass of America. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and send comments by email in FOPPODCAST at gmail.com. 
foppodcastgmail.com. Get the show on SoundCloud, Podcast Attic, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Make sure you check out the Flyover Politic webpage at foppodcast.com, foppodcast.com. It's a theme to see links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. There you'll see a link to every episode on the link episode release page and blogs on the blog page. Next podcast will be next Monday, 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 the 16th of October, Year of Our Lord 2017. We'll be starting a new segment in lieu of a lighter fare, A Moment of Zen with Gigi Reed. It's pretty damn funny, and it's very apropos in the times we live in. Remember, as you close out your week and head into another glorious weekend, enjoy your family, disconnect from all your freaking computers, phones, and bullshit, and give undivided attention to your loved ones. As always, my friends, thanks for listening, and take care.